his whole life is just men's tumbler. Yeah. Just every There's about eight motorcycles on a wall, one half built plane and one almost every, like, British plane. Like ironandwhiskey.tumblr.com <laughs> is just gonna be flooded with stills from this movie now. And For all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McClane. These headphones have a bunch of buttons, but I don't know what any of them do. On, off. Yeah, but back or forward. Why would you turn your headphones off? Go through the menu. Just take them off. Well, what if you have a Bluetooth set of headphones and you want to conserve the battery while you're not using them? I wonder if these are Bluetooth. Wouldn't put it past me to not know. <laughs> They've got a cord that doesn't come out. Oh, it does? Okay, then they're probably Bluetooth headphones. Sick. If the cord is removable, the headphones are probably usable without it. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I'm, I'm not... I'm not a... I'm not a, a headphones person. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. A headphonician. Headphonician. No, that's the person in charge of the Phoenicians. Head. <laughs> <laughs> What's your D&D idea? No, I don't want to give it away. Oh. Can we do a campaign in community? As in like Greendale Community College? Yeah. It would work for several of the RPGs I have. It's not D&D, it would be... A different game, technically, but it'd and be one a of your moves is play D and D. Well, then we'd have because it have to be super meta. A session where we just play D and D instead of Tales from the Loop or whatever we use for the actual game setting. Okay. So you don't want to tell me? I don't want to tell you what that what what that is, but I have a really good idea for a campaign. Okay, what is it? No, you're not allowed to know. You're just oh. allowed to be excited about it. Oh, okay. If you leave the room, I can tell the audience, but you edit this, so you'll hear it. So, yeah. I, it, I, I, want, I want the surprise. Okay. Because the surprise of the story is good. Where I they... would like a lot of lore and memorabilia around the group of us as people playing it, like the Hellfire Club. I would like shirts. Shirts, cool. Well, we'd have to have a name for the group then. Yeah. I think Hellfire Club is taken. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I've heard it, but yeah, I mean, somewhere. It's recent though. Recent. Re- yeah. Recent. Can't believe you didn't binge it, but that's fine. Um, I am, well, that's me, Isaac. I'm known for my profound self-control. Is that so? Yeah, that's what they say about Sam. They say, Sam, he never lets anything get out of hand. Who is they? Just just general they. Okay, cool. You know how they, you know, they say his head fell off on its own, or they say... um. We're actually in space right now. There's no way you can go to space because where else would we be? You know, they say <laughs> the Loch Ness monster was just three pelicans in a trench coat. You know, I want to believe in the Loch Ness monster. Why don't you? It's kind of implausible that it exists. We don't know what's down there. Well, they've they've explored that lake we quite extensively. No, no, quite extensively. How could, that how could they? It's hidden? dark. A hidden yeah. cave system. Well, yeah, you think as soon as they're down there looking for that monster, you think it's going to stay there? No, it's going to go through one of the tunnel portals. And close his door. 
It's going to go down to the underwater realm where Godzilla are and everything. Uh-huh. Pop out somewhere else. He was just there to have a look at Scotland. But could you imagine how and he's sad been paying that would the be price ever the, since for the fucking Loch Ness monster to be a part of Godzilla's world? He's fucking tiny. Yeah. If Godzilla was Godzilla's size and all that other shit down down in Godzilla world is Godzilla sized. Compar- fucking little plesiosaur plopping around in a mm. in a shallow river. Comparison is the thief of joy, isn't it? He probably felt great in that lock. He was like next to humans, he's doing great. <laughs> and then he meets Shaq of the, of the, of the monster world. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. I tried to watch Venom 2 twice. How did you... And was had it on to like bail. an airplane thing or... Just, just different mediums. Okay, I cool. had had access to it. Yeah, yeah. And... I, I finished it. It's a very stressful watch. It's a very shit film. It is, isn't it? And like... It, it's sort of... It yeah, it makes you feel yes. It's got that sort of fever dream quality to it. Mm. And the second time I tried to watch it, I tried to watch it with Emma, and we didn't make it all the way through either. And she hadn't seen the first one. And I thought, okay, this will be fun. I want you to tell me what Eddie Brock's job is from watching this film for Emma. Yeah, we got I think nearly halfway through it, and I'm like, what do you think? She's like, so he's some sort of. Oh, are we Cop talking about or FBI or something? The second one or the first? She's one? She's only seen the yeah. She hadn't seen the first one. Okay. So I'm like, I want you to tell me what Eddie Brock's job is based on what you're seeing in this film. And she never got there. Like he holds a notebook at one point, but that's about it. That's the only hint. Yeah. And then I'm like, he is a long form journalist, <laughs> print journalist. He used to have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Now he is, a, I guess, aspiring long-form print journalist. Not a, I don't know, what does he seem like? Longshoreman? What's that? He, he he seems like a dude who has a podcast and goes around interviewing people that don't want to be interviewed. I don't know why the character doesn't have a podcast, because that's the obvious next step for him. After a failed YouTube channel make it a podcast and well you know podcasting famously one of the lowest bar forms of art and criticism <laughs> to enter i it's sometimes it's hard not to have a podcast these days don't understand how that film got made but or how you look at it as a filmmaker and mm, be like as yeah, we are as we are. i'm happy that this is how it ended up let's release this to the world same with the fucking morbius movie uh, yeah, I didn't see it, but I think yeah, I think Venom is there's there's that I think there's that I that thesis within Hollywood at the moment is like maybe if you make it like weird and bad enough, you you do a horseshoe theory and it comes good again, yeah, and it gets cult following. We clearly can't do good movie, so let's do cult following movie. We can do good, movies, and you've just got though. tail wagging dogs of let's just make it as mental as possible, which is which is. Which works better in a world where there isn't always a Doctor Strange 2, which is also super weird and crazy and also good. Yeah. So. I just, I don't know. That's why it's never going to work. Why they keep throwing money at Venom or Morbius. When it's not, they're not trying to make a good movie. They're just trying to make, they're making movies just for the sake of keeping copyright. Well, it's, they're just, there is a sort of kind of gross barnacle on the side of Marvel. Mm-hmm. 
and which is depressing. They're trying. I guess they're trying to do a Sinister Six or something. But why? With Vulture, they don't now. have a fucking Spider Man. Yeah, but I th- I think they think they're going to. That's the only way it makes sense to me. I think Sony is saying we're gonna get in eventually. We just need to keep like phone grappling hooks over the side of the ship, and eventually we'll be so <laughs> intertwined with them. Like they've already established all their stuff is a parallel universe to. Is it Earth 616? Whatever Earth the main Marvel one. Is the Marvel, yeah. They've already established that all of their stuff is Marvel canon, just separate universe. And so they are confident that the next Avengers level movie is going to have fucking Morbius or whatever in it. And they're going to get a big load of money from it. But it won't. And why is he listed as, like, all the advertising is the Marvel legend, Morbius. He's not. No one knows who he is. He's not. He's in a couple of Spider-Man And stuff. why would you choose one of the like most universally disliked actors currently to <laughs> pl- headline your movie? Because he's... I'm not saying rightly or wrongly, although, you know, it does seem pretty one-sided. But, you know, no one's that keen to see a Jared Leto movie. As your lead. Like, I as think... As your lead. As, like, Jared Leto is a very good actor he is a good actor he's a good supporting actor he's a good villain he's a very he's a great villain but like dallas buyers club he's great not the lead he's great no yeah he's a you know he's a academy award winning supporting actor yeah because that film is carried by matthew mcconaughey yeah and also a very shirted matthew mcconaughey yeah very shirted Hmm. (laughs) but on the subject of cult following, I don't think either of the, like, Venom or... Like, the first one wasn't bad. It was fun. It's not a good movie, first but it's The first one fun. was much better than I thought it was the going to be. The second one was not fun. The second one is delirious. Mm-hmm. It does There is no structure to it. It just reaches a point, then it ends. Yeah. Which is like, is this supposed to be the middle part of a trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> that you just haven't told us about? No one knows, Isaac. Because they don't know. Andy Circus doesn't know. It's it's just Tom well, Hardy see, I doesn't wanted know. Andy Circus to like. I, I wanted want, to love something that he does. I want done. I want nothing but uninterrupted success for Andy Circus. Yeah, I, but just, I respect him. Unfortunately, not. But this was just a misfire. Yeah. Well, I can only speak for the first half of it. Which no, was, you should speak for the end of it as which well. Which is a fucking rough ride. Because it, it literally ends, like... I will say, though... He, he, breaks, his, he breaks his missus out of a prison that okay, she's, spoiler be, she's alert. being held in. For Venom, for Venom 2, let there be no more it. Venom. Um, old fucking redhead breaks his missus out of a joint. She's got superpowers as well. Love her as well. She's great. I mean, look, um, look at the cast. They go to a church... Uh-huh. And at the church, Eddie Brock saved. turns up and they fight, and that's the end. Right. Who wins? Eddie Brock. Okay. What are the chances, right? What are the chances? What are the chances? I think he it's fakes a... his death or some shit. I do, uh, I do dark, enjoy the aspect of He dark knights it. At that, the end, he's like, that, everyone um, needs a hero. And then he just shloop, shloops away. That he's living his life with venom in secret. At the start of the film, I think that's kind of cool. Like, look, everyone I, thinks you're dead, but you're secretly inside me. The thing is, I still like laughed at the stuff Venom is saying, and they're like yes. character duo. Because he's got a good vibe. There is like the, there is the at its heart, there is something kind of irresistible about yeah. the absolutely mental 
Eddie Brock and Venom relationship they've developed. Except they have not the No Way Home post credit sequence. I hated it. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Everyone's seen it. If anyone hasn't seen No Way Home, I'm 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 angry at them. And isn't that is that's a a little bit of Venom getting left behind. It is a little bit of Venom getting left behind in the MCU, so that's cool. But what a waste of time. It's just him at a bar talking. Wait. Isaac, it must be acknowledged most of this stuff is a waste of time. <laughs> we like, got him in. He's in the movie. It's the re- technically a thing. Look, for all, we all of these, all of these movies, it's very hard to, you know, it's an open question what is and is not a waste of time in this life. But I think the ratio of time well spent to waste of time is much more tilted to one side than we would like to admit when it comes to all of this stuff <laughs> we watch and then talk about. But anyway... You know it's not a waste of time. You know it's not a waste of time. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. This is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. And I am Theodore K. Lawrence. Okay, I feel like you've said Theodore a few times, and then you're riffing off the end of that. Okay, I don't remember saying Theodore before, but cool. Okay. Do I don't remember a do- lot of things. Sometimes I cut sections I am the of this because we fully said it before. I am the co-host of this podcast. The current... Okay, should we, should we circle back around? Okay, cool. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. <laughs> this is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I guess I'm Isaac. Yeah. And... It's less fun. No, you can say any name you want. I just wanted a, diff- a new one. Okay. You can do Batman. I'm not Batman, though. That would be a lie. Just say I'm not Batman, then. <laughs> well, I'm not Batman. Okay. Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. This is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. And I'm not Batman. And this is uh, a new episode of our of our new series called Watching a Film and Talking About It for a Bit. Good title. Succinct. Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's succinct if you say it quickly. <laughs> Do you ever do that when you have to, when you have to do an, an an assignment or a speech and it's too long, so you just talk a little bit faster? Just talk faster. It's the simplest way to get your point across. There's a threshold. You can talk like ten percent faster, and it still sounds normal. When you start hitting twenty percent, that's when it's obvious what you're doing. So you've got to find that that realm. Uh, so welcome everybody. Thank, thanks for listening. Um, we've. Do I have to explain what this podcast is, or should we just get? into it? I think it? we should just get into it. If they're listening to this episode. They've probably listened to other ones. Yeah, whatever. Or no, or this oh, is if you, our, if you this found is our this because of Top Gun because it's the new season. Yeah, new season of Exceptional Thieves. Season. I guess season we should say four. This is welcome to the first episode of I guess season four of Exceptional <laughs> Thieves, where we're returning to our roots, where we were originally see a movie, talk about it for a bit. So it's like Community, and we're like the first two seasons are great, and then the third season's just a little bit, a little bit how you going. And then returns to the roots in season four. What was wrong with the third season? <laughs> of Community? Also, I think it's the fourth season. Oh, yeah, that's the Gas League. That one, is the Gas it? League yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is, So this is, I guess, the fourth season of Exceptional Thieves. <laughs> uh, going, coming back to our roots. The first season was see a movie and talk about it for a bit. Subtitle. We did great. Second season was uh, incredibly long and <laughs> was watching the entire filmography of Daniel Craig. Uh, titled Craigslist. Then we were the season three was the Brenton Thwaites Hour, watching and reviewing the entire filmography of Brenton Thwaites, which we haven't technically finished. 
We finished the filmography of Brenton. Blake. Seasons two and three of Titans reviews forthcoming, <laughs> but in just, in just lieu of that, <laughs> in lieu of that, we're also like the filmography seasons. There was a lot more work and a lot more effort required. And if there's one thing we got into podcasting for, it was not working hard. I think that's been apparent in the nature of our output and the scope of our success. <laughs> and I th- <laughs> so I think I I think it's time for us to take this already very self-indulgent thing. I thought I was going to say mediocre. <laughs> well, that's for the audience to agree with. This it's for it's time for us to take this very self-indulgent thing and sink even lower into the warm soup of what's on at the cinemas right now. Let's have a chat. Um, chat. Welcome back to Let's Have a Chat about films and everything. And so today we are reviewing Top Gun Colon Maverick. Yes. Or as I like to call it, Army Boats Colon Plane Division Colon Loose Cannon. So we should say we saw this movie in quite a interesting and exciting environment. We went to, I guess, it's it's the local premiere, the premiere for our area of the world, and at our local cinema, and we saw the uh, the movie and then a live podcast recording, not ours, but there was a uh, a recording for fellow Brisbane filmography podcast cruising for reviews and great title. Great title. Doesn't doesn't it make you sick? No. Such a good title. Craigslist is a better title. It's it's not. I'll say that right now. Whatever we come up with. <laughs> content of the podcasts, again, I leave that to the audience. But the title, we're never gonna beat cruising for reviews in. Especially not right now when you're not on the right spot. Now. Don't 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 look off into the distance trying to beat cruising for reviews well, on I the fly. I still love Craigslist. Craigslist is great. The Brenton Thwaites Hour. Great. Also, also, also great. Seamless and elegant as a as a title. <laughs> Whatever we come up with next is going to be but great as well. But it's never going to be for other things. But it doesn't it's Tom just have Cruise. To be about Tom it's Cruise. a Tom Cruise podcast. Yeah, but you could cruise for a review, and without. Why would you cruise for a review? I don't know. A lot Unless... of people drive while listening to their podcasts. Yeah, but you're not driving around trying to find the review. Could you imagine? No. That's illegal to use your phone while you're driving. It is. That's why I never do it. Yeah. I never have. And never will. When I get in that car, phone, glove box, I lock the glove box, throw the key out the window, and my phone is in there to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, it was a lot of fun. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was was an interesting night. I don't... I'd love to do a live recording. ...necessarily want to do that same night again. Just for the watching of the film, I didn't love the amount of people talking. I tell you what, it was a very lively room, wasn't yeah, like, it? They were, it was a good vibe. It, it was, was a great vibe. room full of Top Gun fans and Tom Cruise fans, I mm-hmm, think. Definitely. And I think because I think a lot of people like knew each other a bit, there was a degree of camaraderie where it's kind of like, we're going to yell at the screen a bit. And yeah. everyone was kind of okay with it. Except Isaac, because he's a big old stick in the mud. Well, I think for the first time you watch a movie, I want to watch the movie. So you felt the first. Although the first I feel time... different about that when it comes to things like Marvel movie premieres and things, when you know you're going to love it because they, for for now, 
from this point onwards, we'll always have references to other things. I guess I was okay with this because I cannot overstate how little investment I have in the Top Gun (laughs) franchise. (laughs) Well, now it's a franchise. So... I was not interested. I was well, not. Tell, I tell wasn't the listeners when you saw Top Gun. I for wasn't the first worried time about my emotional journey being disturbed by the whoops and howls of you know the swinish multitude around us. <laughs> I was. We were having to, a great time. I was. You know. I was enjoying them, enjoying it almost as much as the film itself. Um, so I only saw uh, Top Gun One: <laughs> colon, <laughs> The Toppest Gunnest, uh, like t- a week ago. Just purely in preparation for this. Why had you never seen Top Gun before? I don't know. How did you go through it life wasn't a as choice. a human male and have never seen shirtless men play volleyball and then Jets? Yeah. The movie. That's... Yeah, it is Jet. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they do, like, there's a movie's cars, then there's planes? <laughs> this is, like, planes. Jets. This, is, this, this is, is Jets. This is Jets, the movie. Yeah. I, yeah. That, this is... Big. This is big. Big plane goes whoosh too. Mm. From just my f- first hot take of the of the new film. Oh, yeah, I like that there are more than one kind of plane flown by the good guys. Yeah, like in Tom the, Cruise. In the first flies, one, it's flies, all the baddies are all Migs, aren't they? Yeah, there's Migs, and then there's them and their good F-14s. guys. F fourteen, and like that's it. But yeah. like in this one, you get to see a couple of different kinds of planes. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a planes movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's a different plane. And they and they really <laughs> don't they don't go into too much detail about the planes. They <laughs> yes. really are just like, look, different planes. Good plane, gooder plane, bad, bad plane. They see this one, it's painted differently. Mm. Must be the bad guy. Yeah, and yeah, you can tell this bad because their helmet is blacked out. <laughs> In, oh. ca- in case you could tell what ethnicity the pilot is, I, I like how before the before we watched the film, you said something where you thought it was quite strange that in the first one they go to battle at the end, not knowing where they were battling. Like it's not yeah. stated where the enemy is in that movie. That's that's what I th- having never seen the first one. I saw the trailer for this and yep. I thought, well, interesting. Who? Is are the they who are they fighting against? Because America is not dogfighting with anyone in the world anytime recently or anytime in soon. the in anytime soon. Yeah. One one would hope. If they do, it's like an incredibly big deal. Like it's the start of World War. If America dogfights with another nation <laughs> in any capacity, if America did the mission they do in this movie, and it's not Kazakhstan. Then it's World War Three. Yeah. And if it is Kazakhstan, it could still be. And the way in which that is just completely left to one side is kind of gets to my core critique of this movie on a sort of on a ethical level, my... which is different. I'm nearly done okay. in that it's all of that sort of nonsense all of that sort of all of that sort of detail or just plot structure is completely left to the side in something like say Fast and Furious. And I think that's much more acceptable in Fast and Furious because it's much more explicitly silly and ludicrous. Whereas this, whilst it's still extreme, 
is presenting itself as, no, no, this is what the US military is capable of, and this is what is possible for you should you choose this career. There's a good recruitment desk in the foyer. (laughs) This is the American army, and this is what we do. And so that makes it a little bit more problematic to present a story where who the enemy is is just irrelevant. I somewhat disagree. I enjoy... Should we say spoiler alert at this point? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're not listening to the podcast and not having seen the film. Well, sometimes some some people do that. Some people like to do that. Um, Spoiler alert for Doctor Maverick. Go see it. I don't care. I like that in the first one, you never find out who the villain is, but the villain only exists at the end and it's an unnamed country. I like that in this. Why do you like, like that? I just think that's kind of cool. You don't need a bad guy. The bad guy doesn't necessarily exist. But they're the army. I know, but Sorry, I think Navy, which I thought I army was on the term. Quite cool that in this, instead of just like waiting until the end and they get a mission, first things first, don't name where they're going from the start. Look, this is what the movie is. We don't know who the bad, like we the yeah. audience don't know who this is, but they're going somewhere. Yeah, they're like long story short. Uranium, etc. Once again, you, we're not going to tell you who the. We're bad not going to tell you. Is, it doesn't matter. But the chances of nuclear warfare exist in our in our universe. Yeah, now, so. like every Tom Cruise movie, <laughs> nuclear war is quite is, is quite likely. Yeah, and it, like, to me, this is the Cocktail. most This is the most. <laughs> this is the most interesting aspect of the whole thing for me. Like the way what they have to do to get around that. Like the whole like you. It's very good the way in which you're very, very clear on what the parameters of the mission are. Like you're very familiar with that little three D map. Exactly this amount of time. There is a valley that they have to. There's a valley. There's There's a a canyon. There's blah blah blah. Like what an absolutely insane and impossible place to build a uranium enrichment plant. It's not happening in a million years, but sure. (laughs) Um, And and then it's only when they get there at the end and there's snow everywhere. That's when I kind of realized, oh, yeah, we've never actually seen footage or images of the thing itself. Yeah, we had black and white overhead ones they've for just, a while before. Yeah, they've just given us this computer representation. Mm. Because as soon as you see the snow, that really narrows it down a lot. And one of the, well, I think the, the guest host on the podcast we were watching, <laughs> uh, he, he made the point that, like, you might think, well, obviously it's Russia. But if Russia... Russia already has a nuclear capability, so there's no way America would be bombing another uranium enriched. Like America, yeah. Russia is like quote unquote allowed to have nuclear weapons. <laughs> so when and we're definitely not doing this strike on Russia. But there are other countries in the same, I say, region or close enough to the ocean for this to be plausible. That still has so, snow. Yeah, it's, it's close to the ocean because the, they fly I, off of the ocean and they're directly meet. into the valley that they're flying the, in. The river and of see, the when valley they got there, just that's reaches the first the time I realized that was a thing because all these maps and things, it was just like, yeah, they've obviously flown into the country yeah. and then they enter the valley. They just, But no, they've come from the ocean. They are like surfing USA into the canyon. And I, until then, cruel. I thought, I don't know why, but my brain had thought, okay, maybe it must be like Pakistan, just like looking at the mountains. Mm. The mountains are so extreme. I thought, okay, maybe Pakistan have a uranium because mm. that that would make that would still be insane. But that's slightly more f- possible yeah. that they, they don't do have it on Pakistan. Alpine. They have snow, but they, they don't have, have alpine snow. Yeah, they do. Trees in Pakistan, like that, like those kind of pine trees. 
Well, I don't know about the tree. I'm saying well, this is when I've seen the 3D representation. Yeah, they've got the intent. I don't think it was meant stuff. to be Pakistan at the end now. <laughs> and so then, at, and so then at the end, when they, when Tom Cruise and Miles Teller have their little running about mission mm-hmm. which was a lot of which is a, a lot it of fun, fun and a great little added great. extra i didn't think so, that was gonna happen. i did not think that was gonna i thought happen. it was just gonna be planes big planes go whoosh and then they get back and then they high five each other um <laughs> and everyone else leaves their posts and I thought, starts cheering well this is going to be interesting because they can't show any enemy soldiers on foot because that will completely narrow down like because they and the enemy soldier couldn't say anything because that will completely give away where they're supposed to be <laughs> yes, and I just and I to like to cut to the chase. I think it's kind of it's kind of the most troubling form of war propaganda, where you are the whole movie is about the absolute essential nature of. Not just being in the military, but training to the absolute extreme in order to achieve extremely difficult objectives. And you can just blow up multiple planes and it's fine. There's an infinite amount of money because obviously that's required in order to keep this military machine going. Where in the narrative of this of, of this military machine, you don't even have to say who the enemy is. It's just a given that there is always an enemy and you always have to be on an absolute war footing in order to but that's how defeat the world works. them. That's definitely like, how the world works. Depict stories of war and the military in movies by all means. <laughs> but to just extract the coolness and the emotionality of being in Top Gun and feel no need to contextualize it in anything to do with an actual conflict. Um, I think that's bad. And that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> but was it fun? It was fun because Big Planes Go Whoosh and Tom Cruise is an, a very compelling actor. They do go whoosh. Should we go through the plot a little bit? We should. And, I and, actually and, and, would like and inf- to mention... Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, well, that'll come up during the plot. That's okay, fine. yeah. And like, and in fairness to this movie, Big Planes do go whoosh. They do. A whole bunch. Quite a lot. It really delivers what it promises. Yeah. It would have been an expensive thing to make. It would have been. And an expensive thing to do in the real world if this were remotely how the military works but i do not believe that it is remotely how the military works well uh, definitely not for most people in the military yeah yeah very very few people in the military get to step within five meters of one of these planes get to just like hang around vibing going to the like really nice beach bar near where you work (laughs) and then just turning up and like competing at a really high level with your mates in order to like save the day in an undefined way plot so movie opens open we so we open with the opening of top gun 1986 yeah. with <laughs> welcome to the danger zone and it's, it's new just, footage but it's it's just well it did it didn't need to be and it's just planes taken off and landing and the bit i liked about this was how all the other like staff on the boat that are or, like the ground control guys mm. Every time a plane took off or landed, they're just like high-fiving the shit out of each other, like punching the air, like, yes, we did it again. Plane landed. (laughs) Yes. I I thought it was cool to see the way the plane has to like trip itself up on landing so Mm. it can land So it can stay on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. 
they should, I, they I should land into very, a big cool they should start your film that way yeah yeah because it's that's that's the opening for the first one they're like yep this is a top gun movie I guess. And now we move on because this movie is going to be a little bit different, but not much. It's just kind of empty. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. have to f- mean anything. It f- it looks cool and it's pretty and it feels fun. Yeah, well, I think I, for me it would be more fun if there was a character I in it. Really fucking dig that dude whose office is inside the fucking tarmac on the boat. There's that little tiny cockpit guy submerged in oh, yeah. in the bloody tarmac <laughs> of the boat. He's got this little cage above him and he just lives there doing whatever he does watching the <laughs> yeah. planes from below well, i don't know if he lives there i mean you know i don't know if he's got like a bed and stuff i wonder if it's air conditioned in his little glass he's got a little cage. fan yeah it's actually awful down there it's like inside the rhino and ace ventura for him <laughs> warm now <laughs> he has to get out through a little rubber sphincter every day now tom every day now tom tom cruise is still just well maverick is still just being an absolute bloody maverick isn't he well yes i i it's implied in the title i liked the very elegant explanation of his continued presence in the air force or navy why is it navy but planes i guess because the planes have to land on a boat so then yeah. the boat people have to do planes well america has an air force yeah but their planes still take off from naval vessels they do <laughs> like i'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> Because our Air Force has, our Navy has a bit of an Air Force as well. A bit of one. Yeah. But then we've got. But there's not going to be an Australian spin off of this. No, I hope not. I wouldn't watch it. Top Gun. Middle Guns. (laughs) Well, look, we're not not Top Gun, (laughs) but we're pretty good. (laughs) Planes, mate. Planes, mate. Planes, mate. Army planes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep making that joke, just so you know, and because I'm not going to stop finding it funny. <laughs> what? Boat, boat army, colon, plane division. Plane division. Plane division. Plane. Not plane as in boring, plane as in, ooh, sky. <laughs> um, no, I liked the very elegant explanation that Maverick is still being a bloody Maverick in the military this far forward mm-hmm. because Iceman just keeps vouching for him yeah and just keeps ex- and and he's risen through the ranks and they have their bond from the first movie and that's how he's still in it great i thought that was cool too yeah and yeah this whole movie is it, it's like it's kind of amazing how enjoyable it was to watch given how like basic it is in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. plot and character and etc it just like it just it's kind of like the Mission Impossibles. I do enjoy that every plot of a Mission Impossible film is the same. Yeah, but they I mean, all feel different because they're fun. Yeah, well, like this, this is this is big, big, big planes go whoosh. But like the big planes go whoosh so well, it's enjo- it's it's enjoyable to watch, and you can yeah. look past all of that. And I think the Mission Impossibles are like, you know, they they just do a Mission Impossible so well mm. that the missions are never actually impossible. The missions are impossible and also not that important. But quite you often it's s- about ending the world, like nuclear and bombs and stuff. I mean, important to you as a viewer. Oh, uh, no, no. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tom Cruise movies stand out. as kind. Of, I guess Tom Cruise and maybe Fast and Furious are the only movies that I would personally, I'm going to see them and the 
the stunts and action sequences are enough that I am able to not care about all the other, you know, <laughs> boring stuff that I'd like to bog this podcast down in. Yeah. Like, different to, say, Marvel. Like, I like oh, it's fun to, oh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange have to have a fight and whatever. But if it was just that in those movies, I wouldn't keep coming back going back to them like they're yeah. they're good but if they were the whole thing it, it wouldn't be enough whereas with these it's the whole thing and that that is enough because they're better i enjoy it's better action than a marvel um in the mission impossible films yeah and i would say in this in this because is it's pretty great because it's not all you know green screen and they have to churn three out a year yeah anyway um i enjoy the fact that it's top gun again but yes. it's different because they're back at school for Top Gun, but they're not doing school this time. They've yeah. all previously been to Top Gun school. It's like see, it's Top Gun like senior year. Yeah, Top it's Gun <laughs> college. It's like come back to school, everybody. We're, yeah, this is where we all met each other and had a good time previously, and now we're back again. Yeah, because we couldn't do this anywhere else in the world, because we all currently work doing this every day. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, a, 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 a smart idea in a way because it lets them be doing this more extreme mission because they're the best, like, they're all Top Guns. Yeah. So, like, who is They're the, all Top Gun graduates. So, so who is the toppest gun? Exactly. Um, and what do you know? And they're all tops. <laughs> I, but, all, but I think that also what we lost in comparison to the first movie is the way in which it does feel like school in the first one and they're mm-hmm. sort of competing in that schoolish way. The way in which all of the student characters cohered in this movie was a little um, sort of too quick. Well, it just it just didn't didn't flow as as well for me. It's like, and now look, they're all turning up at the bar, and they all kind of know each other. I I'm think like, it yeah, makes sense but in that they've probably done this together before. They've all met each other at various places, so they already have at level that level of semi friendship. Yeah, but and I so think like, the fact yeah. that they've all been out and having their own careers and now they're back and doing this, it just diluted it a little bit from that really... Com- the way you get tunnel vision, the way you do at school or college where like this this thing is, is, is the whole world. None of these guys necessarily feel like that because this is one mission out of many that they're going to do and they all kind of know that. And so I think it was fine, but I think it, that's how the relationships among, I guess, the student body... I think lost a bit of the potency it has in the first one. But that's okay because where the real action is, is the teacher. That is true. The toppest gun. He is the toppest gun and proves himself to be mm. the toppest gun. Yeah. As obviously. Part of the story. I love that. I like that they introduced. I've decided who is the best of you. It's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> they introduce the entire class and then we get to speak and see five of them. Yeah. I wonder who's going to go on the mission. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who's Um, coming back. Yeah. So Maverick flies that super stealth plane at the start, which looked really cool. It did look really cool. And he goes to Mach 10. That felt like a Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah. Like they're working on this cool stealth plane. I'm like, that's a cool progression for him because obviously he can't be a fighter pilot doing fighter pilot shit. Who are you in fighting? In his fucking late 50s. So now he's a test pilot for the military, Mm. still working. For these advanced, and like, yep, yeah, that is fucking cool. And then it. What do you think about them just not showing him crash? As in, like the way he just turns up at the bar. Like I a, liked it. 
It's cool, hey? Yeah, I love... I like that... We, like, we know that the plane crashed. He wasted however many billions of dollars. Billions, mate. Billions by going... But he, by saying the words, just a little bit more. Yeah. And then billions of dollars. Just just a little bit more. Doesn't that sum up what we're doing to the planet? <laughs> um, I love that scene of him walking into the diner. Yeah. It was really cool. Very good. And the kid. Like, that was just nice and awkward. Mm. That's That's... That's a good film. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. It's a good scene. Yeah, I think also that the visuals in that scene when he's flying that thing where it zooms out and you just get the smoke trails behind it and stuff. That it, was beautiful. It was very good at showing how how fast he was going by sort of showing him traveling across the earth. Mm. <laughs> like I don't know how when he crashed he wasn't he was still in America. Like he must have U-turned at some he's in point. Maine. <laughs> well, <laughs> from one, from literal one corner yeah, to the other. Corner. Well, he does U-turn in that thing. He's he's going in a circle before he. Yeah, I recently rewatched First Man. Yeah, did you see that? I have not seen First Man. I know of it, and I've I know the story. You've heard. I'm quite familiar with well, the story yeah. of First Man. I don't want to spoil the ending for you, yeah. but uh, spoiler alert: they do go to the moon. Ooh. So yeah, Ryan Gosling as <laughs> Neil Armstrong. If anyone hasn't seen it, and what I think is really good about that movie is it tells you this: like we all like in one on one level, we all know exactly what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> but is he going to die? Is it, he going to die? For it, first of all, it builds in the emotional journey of Neil Armstrong with some details about his life that I didn't know about, and then. What it just really shows you is how fucking terrifying it would have been to be involved in any stage of that process. <laughs> then leaving even leaving aside the multiple people who literally die during it, yep. and multiple times people keep saying, "Why are we actually doing this?" And no one ever gives a very clear answer. They're like, "I guess because of Russia," but. <laughs> the 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 act of getting into any of those space shuttles and doing any of that so uh you know psychologically traumatizing ultimately well, it would be, but yeah. also really physically taxing as well it's not just like sitting in chair and beep booping buttons and so it really got that across the phys- the, the 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 physicality and like all the sounds the machine is making and stuff and so what it sort of helped you understand was from our modern perspective we're like yeah we went to the moon but then when they're going to the moon how unclear it is that this is going to work at all and how like how much how much less certainty they had than you would want before just taking off into space and seeing (laughs) if we make it back and i I would have liked i think they could have done even more of that here but the things i liked about this was how much it puts you in the in the cockpit and communicating like the sound and the feel of of, of, of flying the plane and how it's a physical task as well. Make yeah. a big deal out Throughout of the Gs. The film, yeah. And especially that one time when Tom Cruise like proves he can do it by flying the, the flight path. He's like out of breath and clinking, clanking back inside of the cockpit. Yeah. And it's sort of an exhausting thing to do. Which isn't really fair because for all the other people trying, they've been talking to each other for the whole whole trip. Yeah. He's silent for the entire thing. Yeah, obviously you're holding your you're breathing correctly. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't have to communicate to each other. You're just dry you're just on your own. Yeah. Well that's that if you're if you're a big, strong and capable man, Isaac, the thing that will hold you back is any reliance on anyone else or the need to communicate with them. Especially. If everyone just shuts up and lets you do your thing, that's how we will be safe from the unnamed enemy. Yeah. 
that's what you should take, take from away that. from it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But the first time I got that feeling of the phys- the physical feel of it was in that opening sequence where it's got that kind of unearthly mm. sense, and it's so dark. The fact that it's so dark in there, it's fucking. Cool. It was good. It makes it very atmospheric. It did. Which and is challenging because it's just plain. It's just plain go whoosh and plain go more whoosh and plain go even whooshier. Yeah. And like I said, and and plain like have flaps that transform it and turn it into different kind of plane. That would have been good. At the start, when they're like, "We have to go Mac 10," and I said to you as a joke, they should just hit the Nas. <laughs> he does hit the <laughs> Nas. Turns out all the planes have; they somehow have a Nas if you do you it just right. Push it a little harder than you are currently pushing it. Yeah, than you have ever pushed it before. You does just that push work the- if you just put all your weight on that thing? Well, have in the you plane? ever accelerated more than you've ever accelerated before? No. Okay. Do you sometimes find a little extra lower well, Once point? you're on the floor, if you push through it, ah, okay. and like if the rust from your older car just like breaks a little and bit underneath break, your foot, then oh, the speed you get from that, yeah. man. <laughs> the speed you get slowing down because you're terrified because <laughs> <laughs> you've broken your accelerator. And you've lost your aerodynamics because now um, your foot is on the road. So in, in this first flight, he's not supposed to have done this. The project has been shut down. All the funding is going to unmanned drones, and that is never mentioned again in the entire film. But all the funding... Well, the rest Ed of Harris, the film is a Ed, repudiation of that idea. Ed Harris loves drones. And As he should. And wants to shut down Top Gun and fighter pilots. So they do this flight illegally. They steal this billion-dollar thing, technically, yeah. um, after being ordered not to do this. And it turns out it can go Mark 10. So he's technically saved the jobs... Of all of the people on the project. Yeah, well, he's taken away Ed Harris's argument. Although, I feel like if I was Ed Harris, I'd say, our request was that you go Mach 10 and land. You could, yeah, you could say that. Because a plane that can go Mach 10 and then blow up is, you know, you haven't achieved nothing, but you haven't achieved something we can really use in a, you know, in a in a dynamic, mili- yeah. in a, in, in a kinetic situation. But what if he'd slowed down situation. and started coming back to land and then it had blown up? I mean, that's just... Yeah, but it that just means the plane's fucking shit. If it goes faster than Mach 10 and then it blows up, it's not the plane's fault. It's if they'd fault. shown him making that decision, that would have been even cooler. <laughs> well, he, he goes a little bit more and goes faster yeah, but and I th- then the plane fucks up. Yeah, but I think if he'd known it was going to fuck up, so then he realized, oh, if I go Mach 10.5 and then crash it, <laughs> then we're sweet. <laughs> then they can't blame the plane. They'll blame me and I'll lose my everything. It'll be fine. This is all I have. I'll just fine. eject from this plane. And if my life has taught me anything, it's that ejecting always works. I also enjoy that he lives in an airplane hangar working on an old Spitfire. Looks amazing. Or a Mustang or whatever that thing is. I want to just... have a sitting room next to a plane. Mm. I'd like to live in an airplane hangar. There's so much space for activities. His whole life is just men's tumbler. Yeah, just every There's about eight motorcycles on a wall, one half-built plane, and one almost every, like, British plane. Like ironandwhiskey.tumblr.com <laughs> is just going to be flooded with stills from this movie now. And then he's got a photo of him and Goose, no, him and Iceman on a on the 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 screenshot from the ending of the last. I love film. when movies have screenshots from the previous one. And as he's got photos. that as a printed photo at his house because he loves it. And boy, do we get to see that printed photo? We're gonna we're gonna get to that photo. I think several more times. I think there's at least four sh- long pan in shots. There are of him and Iceman shaking hands. Like, I was I wanted more. Once the third one came, I'm like, oh, I need that, more of this. Photos of him it. and Goose. You, yeah. 
Yeah, he's got he's got a wall dedicated to him and Goose and him and Ice Man, and I mean that's lovely. You you mean you lost your friend thirty years ago? You've still got an exorbitant amount of photos that were taken at that time. Yeah, has he made any new mates? No, he really ha- he yeah. has not made any new friends. Um, so he lives in this he lives in a warehouse on his own fixing plans. He gets in yeah. a plane. He gets in his motorbike and leaves the warehouse open. And drives but across the desert, motorbike width to so another warehouse that is also open the same width, and drives through and parks right next to a multi-billion-dollar aircraft. There is no way in Isaac, Isaac, Isaac that he would be allowed. Isaac, Isaac, no, Isaac, <laughs> Isaac. I'm not getting over this. He Isaac. parks his motorbike basically Isaac. underneath Isaac. this big ass plane. <laughs> Isaac, Iceman set it up. Iceman okay. didn't set that up. First that's just all, him going to work. First of all, he's a maverick, so that's so maverick's going to maverick, and Iceman has has made a call. It's fine. <laughs> Iceman is now head army boat man. Oh yeah, you know it would be good. It would be good to know who to be friends with when you're early twenties. Yeah, that is going to become just, incredibly this rich person and powerful. Will succeed. Immensely, and then mm. you can just like ride those coattails. You make any mistake you fucking want. Yeah, it won't matter. He's gonna, he'll bow you out. Yeah, well then we I guess need a Val You do right kind of have to be in the same field as them. Ah, oh, okay. you can't just have a very success unless unless they're a lawyer. Then or they can the president. Play. Yeah, true. Like Kevin, because the president is every field. Kevin James in fucking Pixels. How um, sure I'm, in in the Pixels movie, Kevin James and Adam Sandler are best friends. But Kevin James became the president, and Adam Sandler <laughs> just likes video games. And like, hey, those are two valid personalities I, to I, have. I, I love that movie. It's it's fun. It's so bad. It's fun. Okay, but yeah, so Top Gun. So bad. It's good. We're watching Top Gun. We're watching Top Gun. He pulls. Um, he gets called in for his yeah hearing. With but that's ben before. Harris. Then he does big sexy black plane. Does big yeah, and then uh, blows that up. Then and then they're like, you did another. Yeah. Maverick, you were a maverick yet again. Can't believe you got us. Um, we are very within our rights to fire you. Yeah, and, and you you've, will be disgraced. You've, you could probably, we could probably actually charge you criminally for mm. what you've done. Yeah. You, cr- you, you crashed a you a massive plane in a civilian area. Should we acknowledge <laughs> that? <laughs> Extremely lucky you didn't land on you that. Scared bar. a child. You scared a child. And um, instead of all that, we've uh, we received a phone call. So um, and you know who that phone call was from? Iceman. <laughs> he just pulls out a business card that just says, "I'm friends with Iceman." Yeah. Oh, oh, well, Iceman's my mate. I like who? Like, oh, you mean his actual name? I've actually forgotten it. Val Kilmer. <laughs> They're like you, you, you are going to go and teach at Top Gun, and then, then they. Well, no, they just recall him to Top Gun. Yeah, they don't. And they don't now, say he's an instructor, do they? At that point, I think so. Oh, okay. And so then, Top Gun is is John Ham is in charge. Awesome choice. Yeah. And that is all we get to see of Ed Ed Harris. By the way, those yeah, first amazing. two two bits. Just that's it. And I thought that was cool because that's how the military works. You see one guy, mm-hmm. never see him again. You're mm. somewhere else in the world now. Doesn't matter how famous that actor is. Yep. You only get one scene with him. Mm-hmm. One of the many similarities between this movie and Apocalypse Now. Or 1917. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all famous actors yeah. in one little bit. Because obviously, yeah. 
yeah, this film really should not be compared to either of those movies. <laughs> Why not? Both of, a... those, both of those movies really highlight the deepest flaws that this movie has. <laughs> and I'm, I think that's fair to say. Um, so then Tom Cruise is hanging out in, um, what's it? It's called Fighter Town, where Top it's Gun Fighter is. It's Fighter Town, USA. <laughs> it is the place, apparently. Welcome back to Warville. <laughs> Fighter Town, USA. Fighter Town. It's like Nashville, but for planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. Is NASCAR and in it's, Nashville? And it's on the coast with ready access to the desert. Yes, it's a coastal desert. It's, yeah. So somewhere no, in... No, do they Cal- say it's, it's Utah? San Diego. I thought someone says Utah at some point. No, they're in San Diego. I swear someone says Utah. That'd be the first place. That'd be the Nevada place where he's testing for the first one. Okay. But they go to the beach. He's in desert. It's in Southern you, California. It's you know, in San Diego. You know what? If the entire country the enemy is in doesn't matter, it does not matter what state they're in. It doesn't. They're it in really Top doesn't. Gun land. Yes. They're in Top Gun land, which, can I re-emphasize, doesn't exist anywhere in the real world or in the military. <laughs> and this is Area 51. Um, <laughs> uh, so and he's Tom back Cruise there is hanging and around. there is a pub He goes the to the bar and it's run by... Jennifer Connolly, uh-huh. who just happens to be his ex-girlfriend, who is, and you know, that storyline, fine, I liked it. perfectly I well accomplished, very sort of relaxed, and I like how there was just no conflict in it at all, yeah, because it it would have just detracted, yeah, it would have, and like, this this is not about this is not the romance between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connolly, it's the romance between Tom Cruise and um, planes. And big sexy planes, but also Miles Teller. Yes. So a sweaty Miles Teller. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say that, but I really noticed how, in comparison to the first one, how dry everyone is in this movie. Oh, it's because their clothes technology is... They are... Been, oh, they've yeah, all got... The under, planes have air conditioning They've now. all got Under Armour on, and, this, <laughs> and the sweat-wicking technology means... Yeah, yeah. Because that, that first that. movie, it takes place in a world without air conditioning or so fans. You could think about it. You could think about it this way in that... I don't want to think In that, that Tom Cruise doesn't believe in global warming. So it's, they're not doesn't sweaty he? now. The world is cooler, so they're not sweaty. Yes. Yeah, true. True. I yeah. don't know if Tom Cruise. I don't know, but it would not surprise me at all. <laughs> Actually, no. He strikes me as a person who would believe in global warming I, I think, and believe he could stop it. I think Tom Cruise would believe in global warming, believe that his church is doing it on purpose, and that it's a good thing. Mm, he well, while he sleeps and astral project, projects himself every night. They'd be like, look, you to know, have these like ghost your, conversations. The in the way you get a fever, and that's your body raising to a temperature to destroy some of the bacteria mm-hmm. that are infecting you. This is like a fever the Earth is having to like cook off all the thetans. <laughs> so every degree Anyone we rise, will survive. Yeah, and the only people who will die from climate change will be people who were just chock full of thetans anyway, and then. The Church of Scientology is probably building, you know, temples and hotels on mountaintops around the world. And so they're like, whatever. They'll be the people on that boat at the end of 2012 with the Queen. Did you like 2012? Because I did. I did, actually. I want John Cusack to do more things, but he just does shitty things now. But, you know, as I get older, I find it harder to watch stuff like 2012 
when you realize how many just, it's, it's just billions like, of people die. Like the gruesomeness of it yeah. gets to me a lot more. The, like, like it's not fun. The third person gruesomeness. Like you're not watching people die. You're just watching people die. You just what? Yeah. Like you're not emotionally. Like the mm. film forces you to be emotionally detached from, from mass death. Yeah. 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 Like I enjoyed. The day I mean, I mean, I mean. Let's 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 compare this to a great uh, a great you know, double act by Gerard Butler, where <laughs> Geostorm, oh, great film, like of you know notoriously terrible, and one of the one of the me- it's bad on like multiple different metrics <laughs> and different perspectives. And one of those things is it's depicting twenty twelve level events, but it's still all like time is company, and it's like it's all upbeat <laughs> and trying to be kind of funny about it. I'm like, no. This is terrible, and you guys have solved this problem so slowly that mm. you're now like pretty responsible for all those deaths. But I did really like Greenland. With I Gerard loved Greenland, Butler, which is same thing. But I didn't feel I the think- same way watching that as I did watching something like 2012 because it's human level. It just watching one person navigate mm. that process. Yeah, having and- a, having a god's eye view of the end of the world just kind of makes me feel gross inside yeah when you get the human stories and you actually get to at least touch on the horror of what is happening yeah the movie is that's why i like signs signs yeah one of my favorite movies coming back to tom cruise war of the worlds war of the worlds it's just him again that's an apocalyptic genocidal event Mm. but i don't get that gross feeling because it's not about the genocide it's about tom cruise and his daughter you know, whereas 2012, I guess, actually, I don't know what I'm saying, because in 2012, a weird amount of time is taken up with conflict between John Cusack and his ex-wife's new partner, who <laughs> totally gets minced towards oh, the end of the I movie. Know. And you're like, yes. And like 20 minutes later, John Cusack and his ex-wife are just making out. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that guy did die. <laughs> how How annoyed would you be if the end of the world's 2012 happened? And your ex-wife's new partner survived. (laughs) And you're now there on the boat with the 200 remaining humans. And one of them is your ex-wife and your children and your (laughs) ex-wife's new partner. (laughs) I think someone's going to fall overboard in the near future. I'd be less annoyed if it was Aaron Eckhart. Because he's kind of cool. Is that who it was? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In my head, it was like the evil reporter from Die Hard 2. And Die Hard, I guess. <laughs> Richard someone or Richard other. something. Thornburg Kim- is Kimble? his name. Richard Thornburg is yeah. his name in the movies. Yeah. Anyway. A movie set on that boat after the oceans destroyed See, everything. that'd be cool. A that'd horror be- film. Yeah, if you want. But like a post-apocalypse. I just want horror films. I like them. Um... Back, back to Top Gun, back the to, subject we're talking back about Back to today. the Topest Gun. It's the, in that bar, it's Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, and she's so- mainly there, I think... As like a, she's kind of like a no homo character. That's kind of how I interpret her. Because it's like, well, why is this guy not with anyone? And he's in his fifties. Like, it's okay. He's having sex all the time. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> and now he's going to be with Jennifer Connelly, so it's fine. I okay. like the fact that their storyline sort of gives a gleam of hope that, yep, he can leave the military if he needs to. Cause and just fly around in that little plane at the fly end. Fly around a little plane at the end. Which is apparently Tom Cruise's actual plane. So that's him flying. Which is it. fucking cool because it's a pretty little plane. It's a nice, yeah. I like World War Two era planes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like them now. They're not, you know, there's not the war. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm. During the war. During the war, it would have been less fun to see them. Like, ah. Oh. You're like, oh, no. War. <laughs> oh. That's me in World War Two. Oh, oh, no. no. Oh. I have to do another rubber drive. <sighs> Got to get some more scrap metal and send it in. I'm doing my part. Am I a child? <laughs> I don't know. Why am I doing scrap metal? <laughs> Is this a Just William story? Are there any films just about that? That's me. Am I, am it's I, a film called Doing Your Part. Am I getting evacuated just, to the countryside? You, you see nothing of the war. You just see these people doing their part. Yeah, it's called Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> okay. They don't do their part, though. No, they, they really... They escape from doing their part. They really bounce. <laughs> For 40 years. They come, and then they come back. Oh, wait. The war. Oh, they would be so annoying that the war's still going. <laughs> You come back out of the wardrobe, the house is just bombed to shit. <laughs> like, oh. No, someone else is living in it. It's 40 years later. It's the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> they walk out the cupboard into the middle of Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> anyway, Jennifer Connelly is fine. It's fine. They have a rule, and this did get brought up at the live podcast the other night, and I'm glad they mentioned it. The rule where if you put your phone on the bar or something, she rings a bell and you have to buy a round for the bar. That is fucked up. There's like 130 people in there. Yeah, it's not just like a little bar. It it's would, popular. It would bankrupt you. <laughs> like yeah. there'd be so many people like, I, I, I can't. I'm not. Unless, of course, like beer there is a dollar. Well, it's cheap in America, but I mean, I mean, like, and like phone on the bar. I'm sorry, that's happening six, seven if times a night. somebody sits at the bar... To have a chat to the barman, which is, like, historically in film, something that Americans do quite a lot. That's why you go to the bar. 20% of the time, it's to strike up a conversation with the bar person. To ask for information about whatever you're searching for information about at this point in time. Yeah, someone who used to come in but has gone missing recently. Yeah. You go to the bar, you sit at the bar, you put your wallet and your phone down. Yeah. So you can have a conversation and they can see that you're not using your phone. You're having this conversation. Yeah. What a bitch. I like the first two rules. If you um, are condescending or like misogynistic or be mean to a lady or whatever, whatever, be creepy. Well, like, that's fine. That's cool. That teaches people not to be creepy. Yeah, but I, you're, you're, you're just going to get yourself into so many shitty situations with that. Yeah. Because where, where are we drawing the line? And <laughs> if someone is being like that, if you ring a bell, they're not buying drinks for everyone. Because no, they're, they're just, obviously a dick. They're just leaving. Like if like, someone's oh, walking okay. around making sexist comments, you're not going to like rehabilitate them by ringing a bell and getting them to buy <laughs> everyone drinks. You're like, well, I yeah. guess, I guess women are equal. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. Anyway, it's a Thanks fun. It's a fun the thing. Me the air of my ways. And um, but also the fact that everyone in the bar has been to the bar before and therefore knows that that's what the bell means. Like, yeah. everyone in the bar, as soon as she rings it, they're like, oh, this bar. It's like, if you go to a restaurant that you've never been to before and a bell rings, you're like, okay, what does that mean? A meal's ready. Someone's meal's ready. It might be someone's birthday. You're like, like oh, they're going to sing. You okay, hear a cool. bell, you're like, okay, wedges. But you don't, <laughs> you don't be like, yes, we will get another beer. Anyway, um, Anyway, and I found this a bit, a bit strange where Tom Cruise has his scene with Jennifer Connolly mm-hmm. and then that scene ends and then the camera like pans across to another part of the bar and Tom Cruise 
just watches the next couple of scenes of the movie with us like an audience member to think he can hear it no i think i thought we were i thought the whole point was this is him getting a bit of an idea of who the who the who the pilots are by watching them all interact but it was just it just felt so strange that that was a previous scene but he's still there and now we're watching it with tom cruise (laughs) And all the pilots come in and they're all like, oh, we're the best and everything. What's your call sign? What's your... See, and they all have to introduce each other. So they can't know each other that well. I think the girl character... I think a few she, of them know each other known, from being at Top Gun together. She lists off everyone's call previously. But I like that. I like the Bob joke. That his call sign is Bob. I think that is fucking fantastic. That is funny. That is really cool. Um... Like, they have a good vibe and a good rapport straight away. And I enjoy that yeah. they're all in uniform. Not Rooster. Not not Roosty, baby. Not literally the same character that not, Goose was. Not Goose 2. <laughs> the final Goosening. You know, call him Goose 2. That's cool. I mean, they've stuck with sort of foul. A series of books I read. One of the characters, is his, his call sign was Book, because he liked to read. Apparently. Oh, God, that's imaginative. And he dies. But then a couple of books later, his son's in the army. His name? Book two. Book. Just because he's the descendant of that first guy. And, like, God. that's kind of cool. What would your call sign be? I don't know. I'm not in the army. I think you have to earn Navy, one. please. You have to earn a call sign, don't you? Well, it's never established how any of them got it. Well, anything. Maverick obviously earned his. By being such a bull. By being a Maverick. Maverick and Goose was mm. a goose. And Iceman yeah. was quite cold. So... That's yeah. understandable. Yeah. So yours yours could be um, And Phoenix, she probably like rose from caught fire one time. Yeah, but then and was she okay. like stood up out of it. And She's like, like I'm good, Ooh. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But and then, then her, Hangman But then probably, of course sign would be Khaleesi. The hangman guy's probably got a depressing backstory if that's how he got his call sign. Yeah, he hung someone once. <laughs> <laughs> a man. <laughs> yeah. He's never hurt himself. He's the guy doing it. <laughs> it's really fucked up. We meet Goose, too, for the first time. Yeah. And he's got a mustache. Yeah. He's wearing the exact same shirt. Yeah. He plays great balls of fire on a piano. Yeah. Like, for some reason, he's already animositized towards Hangman. It's weird because from Goose's perspective... Sorry, from Rooster's perspective... From Goose 2's Goose perspective... Goose 2. Goose That's 2 what is, Rooster stands for. Goose, Goose 2 has already done Top Gun... So even though he's technically in the Top Gun area, they're not there to Top Gun each other. They're there to just do a, like a new... Yeah, ammunition. they're just working together. Yeah. So he doesn't... So the it's weird that he plays Great Balls of Fire because he doesn't know now that he's doing a Top Gun. <laughs> it's weird that he knows, okay, now it's time to start replaying all the Top Gun scenes because I'm Goose <laughs> 2. That's just coincidence. My theory is that's the only song he knows. Well, I'm pretty sure that's the only song Goose would have known on the piano. It's, I mean, it's a good one. It's a great song. Although you need a lot of energy in the room to carry off Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, if no one's joining in Great Balls of Fire. If it's like a quiet, you know, if, if you it's just a bar. break out Great Balls of Fire and no one else joins in. That's a vibe clash. If no one's just carried Tom Cruise out and put him gently into the sand. Yeah. And allowed him to just look gently. in through the window while you play the song mm. that your dad played with him 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and they make a point of that whole time Goose 2 hasn't seen him. So he's not even doing it for... He, does, he doesn't even know for yet. Mavs he's just fate. Goose 2. He's, he's, he's just Goose 2 and around. Yeah. And they said this the other night, and they are right. Tom Cruise, he gets carried out of that bar in like such a dignified way. Like his core is engaged the whole time. 
because I think you lose dignity when you're being carried because you sort of slump. But the first I think rule rule one of getting carried out with dignity: don't fight. As soon as you resist, then you're then you're flapping around. Mm-hmm. Just just take it. And then, yeah, engage core so that you stay straight. <laughs> Smile wryly. Um, and, yeah, because and if, if, if you relax the core and your pelvis goes down and then its arms and legs up, then you look like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, but Tom then you, Cruise, you don't have the power in the scene anymore. Tom Cruise gets carried out of there like a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> and dumped. And so he looks great. It was um, cool. And then it's revealed the next morning. Ah uh, ha ha! He's the instructor. He's the teacher of all of them. Oh my god! And he dead poet societies them with the big book. Oh, I love that. That was so. That was the book in the bin. So, this this is mo- the instruction novel. Straight. He's got a trash can right there prepared. Like, this movie is amazing because if you and I watch Top Gun and then try to come up with the most obvious cliche sequel. It's everything we would have come up with. The like Maverick has to throw a throw the, the instructions throw, in the bin. throw the rule book in the bin at some point, <laughs> and he actually does it. But it, like it, it's so in earnest, and it's so and it's Tom Cruise. Oh, it's great. It just carries it off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're just like, yeah, I guess <laughs> we're doing this. I like that you get a little shot of John Hamm like almost rolling his eyes when he does it. He's like. Get a load of this guy. I guess, I guess we're doing that. Yeah. Can I just say, if I was in any sort of educational environment and the teacher did that, it would carry very little favor with me. I'm like, <laughs> get a fucking load of this guy. <laughs> like, when well, I've seen, I think it might have been sketches or something where they've bought the textbook and then the, the teacher throws the textbook in the bin. I'm like, well, no, you well, spent the- way too much money on this fucking textbook you told us to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is 150 forget everything you think you know <laughs> okay yeah but i do like it's like what we, i don't want to hear he's kind of like, i don't want to hear no chat about numbers this is not going to be <laughs> we're not going to be talking about specs or anything we all that that's all in the past this is just about emotion and gut and gut feeling and not not thinking about anything which is very much the attitude yeah, if you think up there you die yeah like, mm, i don't think that's true no i think thinking. if you stop thinking in general you die. Well, actually, I think if you if you stop thinking, then you actually achieve enlightenment. But then also, but there's a reason why people brain death. Well, there's well, that's another version of it. But yeah. there's a reason why people who are enlightened don't be be fighter pilots or start wars generally. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my favorite bit from the podcast the other night. Once again, cruising for reviews and check it out. Where he's like, this whole movie is like no thoughts, just vibes. <laughs> <laughs> which is ex- it can perfectly which sums is it very, up. Very, very. It's no thoughts, just vibes. This movie is like doesn't matter who the enemy is. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just here to vibe about Top Gun. We're about just, planes that go. Shush. We're just here to riff on the idea that big plane goes whoosh. <laughs> and and it is great. So yeah, don't don't think about anything as the main message of the movie, which is very much the sort of attitude that military recruiters hope you adopt. Now he <laughs> it goes through several days of them attempting to fly and this dog valley, fight. and they all suck. Well, the before best that, fighter pilots ever. The f- oh yeah, the first training. It's one just way. him shooting them. Yeah, it's just dog it's fighting, just dog him fighting, him proving dog to fighting. all of them that they fucking suck, and he's yeah. better. And then there's a big, they make a big deal about the hard deck, and like don't fly below five thousand meters because 
We've done an feet, sorry, because we've done an environmental impact statement. There's lots of endangered bushes down there, and your exhaust could damage them. And there's lots of <laughs> endangered rodents and things in this wasteland, and so we're not allowed to go down there. They'll they'll tear us to shreds. That is the gist. Um, also, it's unsafe to fly that close to the mountains. Yeah. So don't go below five thousand feet. I guess. And then and then Tom Cruise is like, "We are going to fly. We're going to basically drive along the ground." We're gonna, we're gonna put the jets. we're gonna put the wheels of the plane down <laughs> just in case. We're gonna put big four wheel four wheel <laughs> drive wheels on the plane and just rumble down the valley. Him and Go- him and Goose Two continue to the, like tensions rise in exactly the way they would rise in like a screenplay writing class. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's funny that they killed Meg Ryan. Because there's no way Meg Ryan was coming back, being invited. Back. Absolutely not. And it's yeah, and it's interesting that she you know, that she is Meg Ryan because she wasn't Meg Ryan when she was in Top Gun. It's like a first I mean, she movie. was Meg Ryan. No, she wasn't. Not not in the eyes of the world. But like, if that's her actual name, if she didn't no. Tom Cruise it and pick a name, if you actually look at the credits of Top Gun, it says. Um, Unknown it actress. says Meg. It says Meg Ryan's role as the character <laughs> name, and then next to that it just says we didn't actually check. Goose's wife. Goose's <laughs> Goose's wife, played by still don't know actually. Sorry. I think her name is actually Meg Ryan. Because Tom what, what Cruise's name is not Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, sure. He has a different surname. I'm not saying but Meg her... Ryan is a pretty cool film actress name. Yeah, it's cool when people have filmy names, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. Get the hell out of here. That's a fucking actor name. Actor if he did something else, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is my orthodontist, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> what? <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, timber flooring. It no. It would just be so lame. No. He had to do- <laughs> Leo's patisserie. What's your last name? DiCaprio. <laughs> and he's just there in a little chef's hat. Overweight, because he never achieved anything that he wanted to achieve. It's a great patisserie, it just wasn't his dream. Still dating supermodels for some reason. Still, though. yeah, he's still... Like, it makes no sense, because they still dating They supermodels. can tell. That's the sixth sense a supermodel has. They can tell... Like, hey, you would have done who this. Has that, who has that rich you energy? You know, 616. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, they have a day where he shows them that he's a better fighter pilot than them and everyone has to do 200 push-ups. And it starts off with um, the hangman dude being a dickhead and making a bet with Maverick. Like, I bet you we shoot you. I bet you it's fine. Mm. I bet you 200 push-ups. And Maverick's like, yeah, sure, sure. And then Goose gets shot down. So Goose does the push-ups. He didn't make, he didn't make these this bet, but he does the push-ups. And then the the the... the, the the only female fighter pilot mm-hmm. says, I, see, Isaac, I named her earlier as the girl character. Says, see, that's that shows you something about Goose 2. He actually does the push ups while Hangman's just chilling. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the day, everybody does the push ups. Like, yeah, so it's not something about Goose 2. Goose 2 set the example. Ah, oh, okay. Everyone he does it twice as well. Line. Yeah. Yeah. And he, even God. though old mate says, you don't have to do it anymore, it's okay. He keeps doing them. Yeah, because he made a bet, and he's a gambling man, and he always yeah. a Lannister always pays his debts. And so Goose Two's thing is that he he, he he's thinking he's... too much, and he's not he yeah he's hesitant. Do you understand the roles in the plane? Because Goose One 
was kind of what Bob is mm-hmm. now. So he's not the pilot. No. They're it's doing the other machine the instruments and they're kind of the guy in the chair. Yeah. But they're they're right up there. What could be called the gunner, but he doesn't actually do the shooting. He does the aiming. Right. Because I, I, I mean, I have no idea, but it surprises me that in, in 2022, that person still has to be in the plane. See, I, he doesn't, though, because... I thought that person should be the guy in the chair. Tom Cruise's plane and in Goose 2's plane, there's no guy in the chair. Yeah. I like some the, of the planes have a second seat in them. And some of them don't, but they're all the same plane. Like, why does the girl one need to have a guy in the chair behind Because she her? needs to have Bob. See, she needs to have a guy because she's the only female fighter pilot. Yeah, so see, that, that, that doesn't play to put, well. You need to put a guy in that Just one. Just to make sure nothing, um, in, case, in case they have to reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. I take that was, I don't mean it. I take it back. I thought minority. of it. The minority, minority characters, the, they the, need to be together The too. two racial minority characters get their own plane. Because obviously they couldn't have their own planes each. No. The, there's no budget for that. There's no. <laughs> They've got to share a plane. Yeah. Look, you could all have your own plane, but Maverick has crashed so many fucking planes. <laughs> um, yeah. So did you think someone was going to die during the practicing? During... It would be funny if Goose 2 just died. <laughs> <laughs> exact same way. Well, when, when Payback... Weird call sign, but cool. Um, yeah, it it sounds obvious. like you wouldn't want to be friends with him because if he just well, gets payback for everything, I'm like okay, well, just don't, don't, don't mess with him. You yeah, know? I guess because he'll get payback, mm. or maybe he just really likes the Mel Gibson movie Payback. Maybe <laughs> and he loves it so much. <laughs> He's dedicated his career to the Mel Gibson movie. Mm, payback. Like your call sign could be Casino Royale. When the payback character loses consciousness and starts to fall out of the sky. Mm. Part of me is like, no, you can't do the first time it happens because he was the first person to lose consciousness. You're like, yeah, you can't kill him first. Yeah. That would be wrong. Um, but I'm like, but they could do that just to kill someone straight away. Like, see, oh, see, training is dangerous. See, I would have, yeah, but, you know, that would have that would have pissed me off quite a lot because, yeah. like, it's already terrible that Goose 1 died and they're, they're, they're just training. It's the, yeah, it's, and, if, if somebody dies during the training, and can it I becomes just, the same fucking film. Can I just reiterate that in Top Gun 1... Top 1. To, in, in Top 1, <laughs> which is Tom Cruise's call sign in real life online, the Goose one just his death is completely Maverick's fault. Maverick is just like pushing things too hard because mm-hmm. he wants because he wants to win at the army game they're playing. Mm-hmm. For nothing else good will come of this other mm-hmm. than we will win the army game and then and we can be like hey we're good at we'll armies. be the Top Gun and then we'll, and we'll be the Top Gun. That's yep. the only thing at stake and he does it so much they have to eject and Goose one dies. Yeah, and so they, like, it's and his the whole, fault that they have to eject. And like in that first movie, at least Maverick does have internal conflict. In the second one, he has external relationship conflict, I guess, with Goose Two. Mm-hmm. Like he's not sure what to do, but it's not because he's not doubting himself. He's just not sure what to do about an external situation. Everything he's done in his life has paid off, and his life is still fucking sick and bitching. In yep, that I first one, he has internal conflict, and the whole journey of the movie is everyone convincing him no. It's okay you cause the death of your best friend while pretending to do war because it's important that we try as hard as we can to pretend to do war as best we can for when we do actually have to do war. 
and then and then we will do something amazing like prevent a nuclear apocalypse or something that's like and and the whole time i'm like no <laughs> no the thing is maybe we shouldn't have been trying so hard to pretend to do war because then goose one died yeah we need to have a th- we need to have a little think about that <laughs> Like, yeah, you should feel kind of bad. But you like your values should change. You shouldn't still be just maverickin' as hard as you fucking can for the next thirty-five years. Although I guess nothing else bad has ever happened to him based on the text of this movie. I think he's just had several failed relationships, which were more than likely his fault. Mm, but um, that's fine. He's just out and there he's never with been beautiful promoted. women. Yeah, but he, actually, but he doesn't want to I be. I like to read into that though that he said he's convinced himself he doesn't want to be promoted. He's like. I never wanted to. I, I'm where I need to be. Yeah, no. Like he, he he goes home every night, fucking depressed as shit. No, like he doesn't wanting but when, wanting when, to be respected in his field. But but, but at, at the beginning, they're like someone like you should be a congressman or something by now. He's not getting Ma- Maverick doesn't want to do any of that stuff. I, I did like still a captain, highly decorated captain. <laughs> Great, it's a good script. It is. A, it it is a good. It script. is a good script. Yeah. It it's very it, it's very smooth. For the for the most part, especially you know, the insanity of what it is they're they're trying to make us swallow. Um, um, so they go to school for a while, then they do these trial runs of the mission. Um, no one's really good at it. Um, no, because it's impossible. Because they're not getting along, and so and they've got to be a team. They've got to be a team. So they go play football in the sunset. So it's not volleyball. Go. So it's a little less gay. And this whole movie. Much less gay, it must be said. It like is that, much less gay. That first movie, it's all like it's quite. That first it's movie, it's distracting. Dudes' faces are very close to each other, whilst like, shirtless and sweaty. Well, not and just the most like precariously placed tiny white towels. <laughs> yeah, I know. In all these locker room scenes, everyone's just like absolutely glistening, and it's like because oh, they've, just, they've literally come in from a room where they just, were naked together. Just make out, please. To come I, in here to like, have their. Yeah, no, I think that's why I couldn't really enjoy watching Top Gun because there's so much sexual tension that never gets released the whole time. I guess it's kind of meant to be released with the giant phallic objects going whoosh at the end. It's kind of representing the intercourse they all wish they could be having. But I never got to feel, I didn't feel that as a viewer. Dissuaded from that by the fact that he has weird silhouetted make-out sesh with woman who he shouldn't have. Yeah. For too long. Well, he just has another no homo relationship with where like there's lot there's lots of The Jennifer of, Connolly relationship there's, is exponentially better. Well, yeah, this than relationship in the, the other one. This relationship just feels like a normal kind of there's there's no tension to it no. at all. It's it, like And there shouldn't be. The only, it's a relation like that's love. Yeah, it but should, <laughs> <laughs> they're meant for each other. That's why like yeah, it's kind of like it wasn't hard to watch because they're good actors and it's well written, mm-hmm. etc. But also, it plays no role in the film other than reassuring people this guy isn't gay. Yeah, which is very necessary given the main target audience of this f- movie. Because they're, n- they're none of them are allowed to be gay. I think because like Tom Cruise is <laughs> Tom Cruise isn't an idiot and he knows what people are going to make fun of him about. <laughs> and if he's just like a single guy living in an airplane hangar in his fifties. You know what the memes are going to be. So he's like, no, no, I'm going to be with Jennifer Connolly. Thank you. <laughs> this gorgeous Jennifer Connolly. 
And we both thought the same thing. When he's jumping out the window, he throws his jacket. But on that shot first, just his jacket comes into frame. And you think it's just him. And so for a second, I thought it was just him falling an incredibly large distance. Because he didn't realize what scale we were looking at. But it's just his jacket floating. So cool. Yeah, and that's how. Oh no, I broke both my hands. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to Doctor Strange myself. When they had the um, sci-fi plane at the start of the film, yeah, and it was made clear that he's not allowed to fly the mission. He's got to choose the people who fly the mission. But then that's the conflict, and that he doesn't want to send them to their deaths. I assumed he'd steal one of the prototype planes to come in and rescue everybody at the end. No, that that would have been pretty good because obviously their their planes that they're flying are not as good as the fifth gen planes yeah. that the the bad guys have. Yeah, why do the how how do these bad well, they've guys got in, they've got have planes. exponentially better planes than the United States? Um, because they got fifth gen. Like it, that means that the only people that could conceivably be is China. Yeah, fifth gen. Fifth, yeah, okay. Yeah, they got them fifth gen planes. Fifth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love when like two words just like <laughs> covers a massive chasm of, of it's like um, the quantum exposition, the quantum realms, like, quantum realm, it's quantum, but how it's quantum, it's quantum science. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, it's like you wouldn't a, understand it. It's, you know, it's a multiverse thing. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> fifth gen. Yeah, it's just fifth gen. Mark forty five. Yeah, um, um, my my arc reactor does it. Yeah, it's just arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Every plane has an arc reactor. Fifth gen. Fifth gen. Fifth gen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anytime anyone asks any sort of clarifying question, there's fifth gen. Fifth gen. What do you? I think we can. we I think as an audience, we're forgiven for liking that sort of shit. As soon as Fast and Furious went to space, we're forgiven for liking it. I think. In- I think we're allowed to like everything we like. Like when they use fifth gen to just explain something or quantum to explain something without explaining it. Mm-hmm. Because Fast and the Furious went to fucking space. They did. Nothing matters anymore. And they survived. Yeah. Nothing matters. They've been to space. Nothing does Those matter. Those car does thieves. It? Car <laughs> <went> thieves. <to> space. <laughs> but you say that, but they went in a car. So it all Obviously, hangs together. Yeah. Yeah. That they'd welded together yeah. with what's-his-face from the third one. Yeah, and then they just, like, duct tape themselves, and they went to space. And then they had to, like, get onto the space station. <laughs> to find the International ISS. <sighs> great films. But Top Gun, we're talking about Top, talking Gun, about Top Gun and how great it is. So, yeah, and so and then they're like, who do you want to be your team? And he's like, the five characters, please. <laughs> And oh no! Um, the other five he, people. Um, he. What happens? They they play football, and they, then they play sexy football. They play sexy football. A lot of them are wearing jeans. And, and yes, rolled up jeans. They're wearing rolled up jeans and playing sexy wet football. Um, it's a lot more silhouetted than the volleyball match was. But like even the, even the football match. Yeah, like well, like yeah, football much much less. Oh no, case. they're playing both footballs at the same time. Yeah, they're playing two football where. They were playing offense and defense at the same time. Right. So basically no one was playing defense. Yeah. They were just running and getting touchdowns. Like that's how it was working. <laughs> and they weren't keeping score or yeah. anything. Yeah. Why, All shirtless. Why why is this Intense. so so less gay? Like Because okay, it was so more silhouetted. Volleyball is 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 gayer. Yeah, I guess yeah, they're playing volleyball in like the middle of the day, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, and we got to see them be sweaty and almost touch each other and not get to. You know, there was that. Yeah, that in a in a way, because they hit each other more in football, it's more sort of. But in volleyball, it's sort of like oh, 
Yeah. Oh. And then Tom Cruise like falls on the ground like, oh. oh. Yeah. With his, with his, yeah. 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 And the whole rest and the whole rest of the time, yeah, there's no locker room scenes. Everyone's much drier. Yeah. Shirts stay on for the most part. Well, and it's to be also honest, possible, I think possibly because they have one female character now. Yeah, you can't who, do a locker room. She scene. ruins it's it. It's inappropriate. She's got her own locker room on her own. That's how the military still works, right? She can't use them, their locker room. Yeah, no, there's another locker room, the exact same size with just her in it. <laughs> That'd be so great. <laughs> just, just. They're all getting in fights and shit, and she's just like just, peacefully just getting changed. Well, like, I, I imagine just all like sadly getting changed, just like lonely, like, <laughs> like whistling, echoing around this cavernous women's locker room they made with no one else using. <laughs> someone, someone comes in with a magazine. Oh, oh, there isn't. There's normally anyone in here. No, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, I just arrived. Just I'm doing. Dudes. I'm doing Top Gun two, the, the toppest gun, <laughs> the toppening, the, the yeah. gunning. Ah, okay. None of these. Yeah, she. Tops. Yeah, she. Um. Yeah, that that dilutes it, I guess. But yeah, so they yeah. play volleyball, and then for some reason, would it have been? Would, I'm. I'm not. I'm not past it yet. Would it have been better if it was gayer? No. I guess yeah, maybe not. No, I think I think that scene is a better scene than the. I don't that mean that. I mean the, the whole film. film. No. Okay. I think well, this film That's a bit improves. homophobic of you, Isaac. I think this but, uh, film improves that's by being a little less gay. In the first one, it's like it's... Because now it's ambiguous and you get that mystery. In the, in the first one, it's like, yep, they all want to do it. Yeah. But they're not allowed but to they, because of society. But they're, yeah. They're ne- and they're, they're, they're never going to. And, and to be one, honest, it kind of... For me, it took away from the Big Plans Go Whoosh. Here, I guess we do get to just focus... On big plane go whoosh. Yeah. And we that, get to know and, that several people are definitely, and that's gay. good because the planes go go whooshier than than last time. They do go so much more whooshier. And obviously, and you know, I haven't looked into all the making of stuff, but they keep saying how oh they were really in the planes and they really fly in the planes, and the actors had to do their own little Top Gun school before they could even film it. I mean, and that's kind of like cool. Reapplying their makeup in the plane if and stuff. If you do a war film, though, you'd want to go to a boot camp. You always do boot camp, yeah. Like platoon. And Those I would guys have, got to go on a sick boot camp. Yeah. And I would have liked it if one of the actors had tragically died during the Top Gun boot camp. Oh. And then the making of documentary about this film becomes better than both Top Gun 1 and Top Gun 2. And it's called Top Gun 3. It's just the sequel to this film. It's the making of the it's second called, film. It's called Last Gun. Oh. And it's about the tragic death. No, Top Gun, Last Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, <laughs> it would have been great anyway, if one of the actors had tragically died on set. Um, you know, it would have been great for art. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that is the highest good. So, yeah, they make a big deal out of G-force, which is which is good. Yep. And the, and and, the, and how you can I also like that you are physically shown them all suffering from like, G oh, from G's and stuff this. like this. Yeah. Faces melt quite mm. often. And I was saying they need. Uh, this this probably would just kill you, but I they need like a Pulp Fiction needle to hit themselves with when they hit maximum G force, and then they just like hulk out yeah, and fly out of the canyon. You have to be able to lift your hand, but yeah. your hand is on on an instrument holding so it tight. So is there, there a technological solution to that by having the needle installed in the plane somewhere where above you your get, heart, where you get to a certain amount of G's, and it is just compressed into your body by the gravity. <laughs> Hey, or remotely, if um, if somebody we keep, in the we office, keep trying to come up with a small business idea. <laughs> if your man in the chair 
just gets to watch and see. Oh, yep, he's Act- unconscious. <laughs> Activate Uma Thurman device. <laughs> oh, What's happened? He, imme- um, he immediately died? At some point, Maverick then gets it's kicked m- out. Then it's mission time. And it gets to mission time. This is and all in three weeks because the military Maverick is, really is removed from the system and he's not allowed to do it. So he steals a plane. And then for some reason, that plane is connected to the screen in the, in the, in the, in the classroom. And then they all watch him successfully do what they try to be yeah. trained to do. And they're like, oh, wait, he's a better pilot than all of us. And so he, does he is chosen to be the leader and he gets to pick his team and he chooses the characters. Yeah. Well, like it isn't, Yay. it isn't, yeah. And yeah, I like your idea of he, he comes in in the super sexy plane at the end to save them because it is kind of insane that he gets to do it because... Once he'd flown that, you know, 30 seconds faster than any of them had ever done it, I, mm-hmm. I said, I was like, well, let's just send him. Like, it's, why are we doing all this training? <laughs> yeah. We've got a guy who can do it. And then, they're like, and then they realize that. Even John Hamm is like, okay, I think let's just send Tom Cruise's flights. Gen 5. Yeah. I have enough Tom, as evidence to Tom Cruise's Gen 5. Send so you away for a long time. But instead, I'm going to send you, gonna send you save, to your death. Your, your, bloody your likeful death. Yeah. Oh, I, saw, I saw like that for some reason it goes from two and a half minutes for them to be able to get out safely mm. and just bam, four minutes. I'm like, yep, you're all definitely going to die. Yeah, I like that. John, John Hamm just agrees that these people are going to die John for Hamm the greater just good. just turns it into a suicide mission. Yeah, that was good. That was, was good. good. That was good story time. Also, in, like, as soon as they successfully do the mission at the end, immediately they are almost killed. Like, so fast. Yeah. It is horrific. Yeah. So we finally get to the final fucking mission. And uh, it's good. I, it is I cool. like I, I, This is where I think part of the simplicity of this film really worked. It was like, this whole movie has been about this one thing. Mm-hmm. We know what they need to do very, in mm-hmm. great detail. We, the audience. It, it's not like 20 minutes before the end, they're like, oh, no, there's a mission. Quick. And they have to go and do it. It's like, no, this is the thing. So it's just been building and building and building and building and building. So that was good. The, the movie that this made, movie made me think of a lot was actually Force Awakens. Because it's, in a way, it's just... Because it ends on a snow planet? Well, it ends on a snow planet. <laughs> it's first movie, but again. And they basically have to fly in and, like, hit the air conditioning vent or whatever it is. Yeah. But and, see- when, and when Goose 2 is nearly there, his man in the chair fucks up. And so Goose 2 has to basically just use the force to hit the air conditioning vent on the Death Star. Mm. And then they get out of there. So I think this works in a lot of the same ways The Force Awakens works works, when you could say it's a lazy retread. But it is a retread, but it's not lazy. You know? Yeah. It's a retread of the same beats, but they're actually all like putting a lot of effort and filmmaking skill into it. They do. And so you're like, okay. Pretty good. I'm going to watch it. So they successfully complete the mission. They do. Goose Um, Goose 2 finally hits the Noz because he's been too scared to hit the Noz the the whole time. He's been too reluctant to Goose. To goose it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they completely missed. Like they blow a bit up of a this cock. little door in the ground. Okay, let that one go. I I heard it, but I didn't want to talk about cocks because we talked about gay shit. Gay shit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can move on from that. Well, you know, I mean, I, this, <laughs> <Gay> I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 2007. <laughs> It's not bad shit. It just like if you're talking about Top Gun, undeniably you're talking about some gay shit. 
<laughs> they successfully completed oh, the mission. Oh, no judgment there. Immediately after successfully Immediately. The rockets that are fired at them are so much more scary than any other jet rocket I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, this is like, all really good. They're setting like, up their flares to like take out, to accept them. Air, airplanes the being hunted instead. by rockets in movies. Mm. They're quite a distance away. You get ages of time before they have to react. In mm. this film, it's so fast. Like... Like, straight away, yep, do this, do this, do it. Like, they're all hmm. problem-solving, and it's, like, it's very intense to watch, which I thought was so cool. Like, yeah. that's that's what dogfighting would be like now. Yeah. It's running kind of, away yeah. from jets. There's almost, like, nothing to say about it. That's all really, really good. And then... Then Mav, Mav saves Goose to yeah, by Goose flying over him to, use, to flare. So then Mav gets hit and disappears. Um, and then, and uh, and the rest of them are ordered to retreat back to the boat because they've they've made it out alive. Saved. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Like John Ham, he isn't he isn't turned into like a demon. You can see he's there being like, oh shit. Then he's like, no, they just all need to survive. Yeah, he's now. practical. Yes, he's like, no, he's one guy. If you go back, you'll almost definitely die. Yeah, they're in a jet. What are like, they going to do? Like he was willing to turn it into a suicide mission before, but now that they've all made it out, he is prioritizing getting them all back. Exactly. So I kind of like there was a you know. There was, it. There was a surprising amount of nuance in the way some of these characters were drawn. Even yeah, though, like structurally, that. the story is very basic in the way they're sort of performed and written and depicted. You know, there there was enough there to satisfy you. You know, as an adult watching <laughs> yes. the film. Um, uh, so Tom Cruise gets shot down, and he's only bloody alive, and he's perfectly fine. And then a very big, very scary helicopter gunship is so like six cool. feet. Like instead of someone walking up to him and shooting him with a gun, it's a helicopter gunship. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he hides um, behind a log, but then Goose Two, and then Goose Two blows up the helicopter, saves him. But then he crashes as well. Yeah, oh, so cool. And then we get Tom Cruise running. Oh, we get to see Tom Cruise running. Now, it's not really Tom Cruise running because he's laden down by his outfit and gear. But it's Tom Cruise running, but it's Tom Cruise running with a struggle. I would have liked Tom Cruise to oh, he's not just wearing a leather strip jacket this time. off his fighter jacket as he runs down to just white t-shirt in order to allow <laughs> full Tom Cruise run even though he's in the snow. I liked it. He gets, I thought it was cool. He and he gets a, such a long distance in no amount of time at all. Yeah. And they, it just pushes Goose 2 over. Like, what were you thinking? You told me not to think. This movie's really funny. It is really As well. Funny. And, 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 oh, and, and funny on purpose. Don't give me that look. That's another thing I want to Don't give me that look. That's the, the only start, look I got. Don't give me that look. And that happens about five times. And goes, it's the only look I got. Which I think is a cool joke to yeah. just put in. I liked it. And yeah. like different characters saying it to him. Sort of thing a cool dad might say. Which is kind of a dad joke, but it's not doesn't <laughs> it's doesn't hurt to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but so yeah, it's that it's that classic repeated line that can like mean something a little bit different each time it's it's yeah. used. So yeah. Um so they have their little moment of disagreement and then they fucking on foot. The, Live out the entirety of Owen Wilson's movie behind enemy lines in the space of four minutes. The, yeah, <laughs> or so um, uh, Lone Survivor. The, <laughs> yeah. the suggestion that they are walking distance from that runway without they would it would be multiple days hike. I was like, oh, they're both going to freeze to death. <laughs> oh, they're both definitely going to freeze to well, death no, they, in this they wilderness. Got Tom Cruise running. No, yeah, they both just. They both activate Tom Cruise Naruto run 
they both activate fast travel <laughs> to the bombed out um, runway. And uh, I like that. It, it's, it's a I cool idea. It was great. The amount of smoke that was everywhere. Like, take off on bombed just runway. Walk in. Steal a plane. And I like how they just do a little run to get into yeah. the... <laughs> he doesn't Tom Cruise run because that would draw attention. They're like, just Tom, just do little run. <laughs> and the way this is all just so funny, mm. you know, which it's is... which is something which, you weren't expecting to get out which of is the film. kind of the only way to play it because what's happening is ridiculous mm-hmm. and they can't show any enemy soldiers. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I also enjoy that Tom Cruise knows how to start the plan and get everything ready. Like, like he knows everybody yeah. else's jobs. He puts that, that he little bit of d- that little bit of detail in. Like, okay, we do have to fuel it up. You have to disconnect <laughs> these things. Okay, let's go. I like um, that. Also, when he says, "As soon as I'm in, take out the ladder." Yeah, and I'm like, no, but how's he going to get in? <laughs> he just assumes that Miles Teller can reach. <laughs> You're a tall guy, but Tom Cruise obviously can't reach. Tom Cruise. Another thing Maverick about this knows film that his... I love is that they didn't make Tom Cruise taller than Tom Cruise is. He's very, yeah. or didn't try to like hide that in any shots yeah. at all. Well, I'm pretty sure Miles Teller is clearly at least a foot taller than him for the entire film. Yeah, but in my in my mind, Goose is tall. Goose one is Goose taller. Goose was definitely taller. Than so Tom it's okay Cruise. for Goose two to be. But taller But you expect as well. films now with Tom Cruise being the lead. Tom Cruise is the imposing character. Yeah. But I loved it because he never felt like he well, never felt like he was. Um, Tom Cruise doesn't need to be tall to be exactly, imposing. Exactly. No one does. He's a short king. And that's fine. And I think he's. I think I, I'm. I'm hoping that he is embracing that. And instead of shooting things where he's Jack Reacher, he'll just be Tom Cruise now. Yeah. Which is where he needs to. I be. would like him to do some movies now as just being Tom Cruise now. <laughs> I want to see his unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> where he I want just to see that actually. He just like runs, that. does the Tom Cruise run between different rooms in his house. And stuff like that. <laughs> That's why he's got a big house. Um, he uses the furthest extremities of this yeah. big house for everything he needs so he can run between them. <laughs> he's watching TV, but just Tom Cruise running on a treadmill. He leaves the bathroom as late as physically possible every time. So he has to run to get there. That's how he stays so in shape. And goddamn, is he in shape he's as well. Very in shape. Can't take that away from him. There's like one Mission Impossible movie where I don't think he ever takes his shirt off. And I thought, okay, in this one, he's just been chilling out a one? bit more. Uh, Doesn't shake his shirt off in the first one. Okay, well, not in our collective memory, and that's what counts. I'm just going to mandala effect myself cool. into that he did. And in the first one, he's on that bullet train with terrible hair, and I'm like, that's cool. How good does he bullet train look? He doesn't look cool. A bullet train looks so much fun. Oh, I want to see the hell out of Brad that Pitt film. in those fun little shoes. I know Brad Pitt doing cool stuff now. Who do you think is the most handsome man in the world? Um, I don't know. If you had to pick, because I think it might be Brad Pitt. It's, For me, it's probably it's probably Brad Pitt would be close to it. He's a very attractive. He's man. got he's like he's he, aging very gracefully. He's he's yeah. Like Hugh Jackman is aging quite gracefully. Yeah, Hugh Jackman's pretty good as well. Like I feel like whoever you bring into the mix, Brad Pitt's not getting out of the top three. <laughs> no, Brad Pitt's teeth are in 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 the right line. So it's Tom definitely number one not, teeth. Not there. I feel as though Ryan Reynolds has a strange-shaped head. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. No, I mean, lovely guy. Love, lo- love the guy. Love the guy, but cool head though. He's not beating Brad Pitt for just like raw for like raw power of handsomeness. You know, what kind of handsomeness we're gonna be? don't Google it. I want to Google to see I, what I, the internet. I don't thinks, want the. If I don't says want Brad Pitt. Isaac, I'm gonna be upset. I want what you think. 
I don't care what the internet Brand says. Dead. Okay, great. It'd have to be. So that's so we have a, a podcast consensus. Excellent. Yeah, I think so. Good. That's all I was. Look, I'm, it didn't. It didn't have to be now. a debate. I was just asking. We don't want the answer. Okay, good. Is it Ryan Paul Gosling? Rudd was in the list though, and I agree. Yeah, he is a handsome man. Strangely, he's come into it. Yeah, I think it goes Brad Pitt, uh, Jason Segel. Uh, <laughs> I love Jason Segel. Um, I want Chris... him in a Top Gun movie. You know how Owen Wilson got to do Behind Enemy Lines and do an, an action war film, which yeah. was actually quite heartfelt and really good. He's a good actor. I'd love to see like other actors do that sort of thing. Like comedy actors. Comedy actors do just left field things like Robin Williams always being a horrifically mm. terrifying guy in various thrillers yeah is awesome will ferrell and that sort of thing like no you're will ferrell mm. this doesn't make sense what we're saying is we need more robin williams's we do jack blacks which is always yeah you know oh you know who i want in a behind enemy lines seth rogan oh that'd be fun kind of like a la chris pratt in and zero he's not allowed to laugh at all <laughs> you can't do that no, he, he does, and that's what gives them away in the end. He finds them and just <laughs> obliterates them away. So I was looking out for this. When they get into this plane, mm-hmm. all the controls are labeled in English. <laughs> Riddle me that. What does that tell us about what's uh, going it on? It means that the enemy is Canada. Yeah. Actually, I think we've narrowed it down. It's Canada. It's snow, it's near water, and it's English labeling. Maybe this is maybe this is Earth six one seven or whatever where Russia got Canada. <laughs> you know? The enemy is Alaska. The enemy is Alaska. <laughs> yeah, it's a paramilitary organization. It's just in so Alaska. absurd. They don't know the enemy. It's like tomorrow when the war began. Yeah, but that was clearly Korea, well, Indonesia. Indonesia in the books, isn't it? Well, that's the only country that could do that. Yeah. I, I guess China, but Indonesia. No one realizes Indonesia is so big because it's like a thousand islands, but its population is like 200 million. It has one of the biggest militaries. 200 million? Yeah. Jesus. We think it's just like Bali, but there's like a million Balis and you add them all together and it's one of the biggest countries in the world. The fuck? Yeah. That's what we'll say when the balloon does go up, as they say. Now, <laughs> then, they es- then they escape. Then they escape. Then they the are baddies- saved by Hangman. The baddies chased them with their blacked out visors. They were cool. And so, and this was the coolest plane move of the whole thing. Mm. I like how these are like the enemy. They're not just good planes. They're obviously like better pilots as well. And they're like, they've got him. And the, do you know what I mean when I say the plane? The like, dude just like belly flops past them. Mm. The plane like flips in a way I don't even know how to describe it and just, and like comes back past them like traveling horizontally but. F- flat on to them yes. and just flips out of the wow very cool that was good mm. that which was, was cool i also enjoyed that, that you get that scene good where whoosh. you get to see tom you get to see maverick be a better pilot than the other guys and like with less weaponry and less a uh, less good plane yeah he gets to defeat two less good plane two better dudes planes. in fifth gen fighters fifth gen yeah and then there's a third one and they've got nothing left and then they're saved by Hangman. Yeah, and they can't eject. I like the can't eject bit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And, Hang, you know, it's nice that Hangman gets that little bit of uh, redemption at the end. But it's not redemption. 
It's like he's been a terrible person this whole time and never learned any lesson and never has to. He just doesn't. No, why would you need to? You're a fighter pilot. I guess his comeuppance is he doesn't get to go on the mission, but he's definitely going to get another one. And then he gets another sick air-to-air kill, and everyone goes back and high five. So I mean, it's not it's not the biggest deal, but I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, did you think anyone was going to die on the mission? I yes. really thought at least one of the planes was going I down. I did too. And when I went, when I did the math, I was like, oh, they can't kill the only woman. So that's why I was like, oh no. But but then I thought, oh no, they either have to kill the only woman or the two ethnic minorities that are in the same plane. Yeah. Well, when or Tom Cruise too. got shot down, I'm like, that's actually a quite smart choice to do. Like it wasn't built, like as soon as he got shot down at that point, I'm like, okay, cool, he's not dead. But when he shot down, I'm like, that would have been a cool decision to make to have him sacrifice himself mm. i'm like cool that's the end of your franchise that's yeah. cool that's a good decision you know what i take back what i've said before when jennifer Connolly, it's not just a no homo thing i guess it's also raising the stakes for maverick's death because if no one if he has no one in his life <laughs> it's not in a way you're like yeah. oh, okay maverick died whatever but now he does have this this woman is going to be yeah, with him who's going to take care of that aircraft and that daughter who, who doesn't want him to break his her mother's so he'll break her mother's heart again if he dies so i take it back it does have a story storytelling purpose it's not a, a very strong one like i think we'd still be very invested in top maverick surviving anyway but we would fine uh, yeah, they get back to the boat, and there's a scene where obviously someone has definitely taken a black and white photo of Goose Two and Ice and Hangman shaking hands. That will be used and just held it up for reference. And <laughs> like, okay, no, move in a bit, move in a bit. Okay, no, you, no, your your left arm is more and round. Seven hundred people who work on the deck of this aircraft hangar all leave their posts and come and yell and and shake mm. hands and like that. Yeah, we did some stuff, and yeah. you landed. Yeah, you also two planes are gone. That's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> not to the U.S. military. It's not. Oh, Val Kilmer's in the movie as well. I was just gonna say we didn't <laughs> mention the Val Kilmer scene. It was good. I liked it. I yeah. thought it was, I think it's cool that those characters became such good friends and are close enough that mm-hmm. Val Kilmer's texting him all the time, and he just goes over there sometimes. To begin with, I was like, are they gonna have Iceman in this movie just through text? Mm. But no, it's a better film than that. I was expecting it to yeah. be, but it was cool. There's so much in this movie that, in less talented hands, would be so awkwardly shoehorned in. It'd feel cheesy as fuck. But because, because it's it, it's who it is. Like you see, it, so much in this movie is like it's not a good thing in my opinion, but it's the best version of that thing. And the best, For a film. the best version of Iceman being in this movie was that scene, and it's actually quite good. Mm. I think, yeah, it's very elegant the way they introduce what's going on with him. Oh, that's why he gets kicked off the program later because Iceman dies, and so his. Ah, oh, that's right. His, yes. and so that's why it's like, regardless of whatever happens now, you're out of the air force because your lifeline is gone in mm. the form of Iceman. And yeah, and like, I don't know a lot about the the Val Kilmer situation. I just know that he he, he can can't really talk now. And so I, I really liked that they found a way for him to act in this scene. Mm. He's performing, you know. There was a way for him to perform in the movie. Could be his last film, you know. But they, you know, they gave him something and it wasn't a meaningless thing. Like it's, it wasn't all about him. Maverick is in there saying stuff and carrying the scene and it's about, it's about Maverick sort of moving through his shit as well. Mm. It was so very a well done. Scene. Hmm. things can be good and bad you know i guess that's what i on different bad things 
can be tasteful. Yeah, bad things can be can be fun to consume. As a as a consumer. As a consumer, as a consumer of media. But people should be should feel bad about making bad things. Just make good movies. Yeah. How about people make good movies? But this but this is a good movie, I think. It is a good movie. It's no doubt. But it's it's just it's it it's vulnerable to critique on a non artistic level. Where do you want to rank it on Daniel Craig's list? Okay, so as you may or may not Could know. Could this Tom Cruise beat all the other Tom Cruises in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we rank the act when we're doing a particular actor, sometimes we rank their films from best to worst, and sometimes we decide which of the various characters they played would win in a fight. But this is an if episode. We ever did that for Tom Cruise, though. It's sad, but the Tom Cruise from The Mummy would beat them all. Because he's. Uh... Because he gets fucking mummy superpowers at the end of that fucking shitty film. Mm-hmm. What would. Would a day after tomorrow, Tom Cruise eventually figure out a way? A day after tomorrow. Sorry, not day after tomorrow. Um, what is it? When he keeps coming back to life? Oh, edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Pardon edge me. Edge of tomorrow. Good. Well, edge of could, tomorrow. Tom Cruise tomorrow, would have in those suit, exo mech suit skeleton dudes in exo mech suit, and he has an eternity to figure it out. <laughs> he does have an eternity, <laughs> but he, he has to just, die first. He, can just he has to be the first person to die on the battle. And that, in, that starts his loop. Yeah, in the battle royale of Tom Cruise of Tom versus Cruises. all other Tom Cruises. Well, you know, this is another very rich discussion that we can start. But for the at the moment on our Tom Cruise ranking, <laughs> I feel like this is the only Tom Cruise movie we've ever reviewed on this show. Have we talked about how shit The Mummy in 2017 was? No, but we can talk about it if we cover the other Mummy movies at a later date. Um, <laughs> oh, really? All of them? But no, this is this is an episode of Watch a Movie and Talk About It for a bit. And so yeah. I think what we did previously was just score them out of 10, like a couple of basic bitches. Yeah, we, we gave them popcorns, didn't we? Yeah. And I guess leaving aside its role in the wider culture and just as a piece of art, it's probably like an 8 out of 10. I would give it a solid 8, yeah. It goes down very smooth and plans go very good whoosh mm. and everyone's fun to watch and yeah. there's there's no there's no parts of it where i'm like oh you shouldn't have done that none and it really and i think it advances the craft of filming planes go whoosh in really interesting and cool it ways does. and it's so, never boring it's quite long but it doesn't feel too long didn't feel long at all yeah um there's a little bit where i was like okay i feel like we've been training for a long time because it is all just about that one mission it is. It there's, but it just starts to sag a little bit, and they're like, "Okay, let's just go do the fucking mission now." Yeah, that's um, what they say. No, that's what I, Tom Cruise says. I reckon says. a solid eight. Yeah, on the pantheon of films that are just the sequel to, mm-hmm. this is pretty good. Yeah, so this is better than the first. This one. is better than the first movie. Clearly, um, I'm. I I I struggle to think of sequels that are just better than the first one, that are not really part of trilogies and stuff. Well, I would I would argue Terminator Two. Even though I love Terminator One, I don't think that's bad. I do think Terminator Two is a better film. I think Terminator Two edges out Terminator One by like twenty, thirty percent. Yeah. The I think, others I think where else that has gone, we don't And that's not give like a, a trilogy about. thing or anything. Yeah. I think Terminator Two is like the classic example of a sequel that's better than the original. That people will always bring up. The Godfather. The part, Godfather? Part um, two. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> well we know that Die Hard 2 is not better than Die Hard because it's, it's the third best Die Hard film. St- what does does Star Wars count? Does it... 
Empire. Empire I Bear. don't think Empire is a better film than the first Star Wars film. Okay. I think they're on par. Um, I Back guess to the few, no, no, the first one's still the best. I guess ever, everyone always says Spider Man Two is like the best. Spider Man Two like is great. The Dark Knight. That is a I sequel, guess. and it is better than Batman Begins. It is, isn't it? But it's, again, Batman Begins is great. Yeah, but it's nowhere near as good as The Dark Knight. See, I think what we're really thinking of, like for me, but what 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 we're really trying to think of here yeah. that these movies aren't getting at is movies where like the first one is frankly not good, and then we're like, <laughs> why are they making a sequel? And then the sequel is actually good as a surprise, <laughs> yeah. like Bambi, like Bambi, classically. <laughs> It's not. Like 2006 classic Bambi 2. Well, I'm trying to think of where the mother films comes that got back. Sequels because shit films that got sequels turn out to be Venom, let there be carnage, and it's just shit again. If Morbius gets a sequel, oh, there you go, The Suicide Squad. Technically a sequel. I, technically, yes. Better than the first one. Still not great. Definitely but better than the first one. Yeah, The Suicide Squad is better. I, the first I, one sucked. Yeah. I mean, Fast and Furious have gotten better by some people's. Judgment. I still think the first one, but is that's the not best like a movie, though. But that's not like a one-two. You no. know, we're looking for those one-twos. Well, you know, let's um, deliberate. You know, well, this is a great opportunity for audience engagement. <laughs> Everyone out there, you know, com- comment below. You can't do that with the podcast. What do you think is a sequel that was better than the original? It's got to be just like one-two. You can't just, you know, they can't have like just slowly gotten better over time. Like Logan is better. They saved up all the good movie juice for the last X-Men one. X-Men 2 is better than concerned. X-Men, but not exponentially. There are a lot of ones where the sequel is nowhere near as good. Like Rambo. Yeah. Jaws. <gasps> no, I was going to say Rocky, but Rocky 2 is not as good. It's great. It's just not as good. So really, so really, Terminator is the only other example we've thought of at the moment. Yeah. Terminator and then this. But even Terminator, I can't is, believe this in this world of sequels. In our world is literally sequels. our world is sequels. No, this is the only one, which surprises me. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's a good movie. It's just gonna. It's you haven't just seen gonna, it yet. I'm sorry that we spoiled it all, but go see it. It's, it's just gonna encourage people, isn't it? Now, now that this one was so good, they're gonna be like, oh, what other movie? Is it mental to make a sequel to? But it could actually be good. And they won't work because it's not Tom Cruise. Roadhouse. Yeah, well, I don't really know much about Road. Gen 5. It's one of those Gen 5. Just bring it back as a hologram. Of Patrick Swayze. Reanim- no, as, as of something else. Replace <laughs> him with a hologram of Tupac. But it's actually Patrick Swayze yeah. the whole time. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Um... If you've enjoyed, I guess you can follow us on Twitter at ExceptionalPod or on Instagram at ExceptionalThieves or send us an email at ExceptionalThieves at gmail.com. We spend hours reading them all, responding to them all, challenging your assertions, issuing affidavits, doxing people. There's a lot we'll going on on the email account. We'll get back to you if you account. send an email. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um and uh, and as we always sign off every episode, keep on whoosh, whoosh. keep on whooshing, baby. <laughs> Talk to me, guys. Yeah. I, I imagine that's if, the end. Imagine if they just like, and then like Goose's face starts to like blend into the, but it's like that actor now, 
and it's like press the nose and then <laughs> use the force use the, he, he uses the goose force and that's how they win that's I literally think goose what happens goose 2 is a much better call sign than rooster better title for this movie frankly goose 2 juice top and, gun goose. Ju- juice and goose top gun goose loose goose <laughs> loose goose should be his that's better than just goose well i think he was a loose goose and think, that's why they call him Goose. Is this me only just catching up with what the film I was doing the whole so, time? I think so, yeah. Welcome back to catching up with the film. And why would they call him Rooster? Because if anything, it should be Gosling. Like, yeah. Like the baby Goose. But because none of them knew that Goose was his dad because they only found that fucking photo. Nothing. Yeah. We'll stop. We've stopped yeah, okay. talking about it. It's a great film. It's fine. It's fine. fine. Gen 5. Gen 5. Gen 5. <laughs> Fifth gen. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gen 5 is a different thing. Gen 5? Is that like a kid's band or something? <laughs> this week on Gen 5. Yeah. This is why people come to us for all of our film fucking knowledge. 